I can't believe I won. And you still got people out there with double masks and face shields and shit. Look into it. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake. Welcome to another episode of Look Into It. Tonight, uh, we're going to do a little bit of everything, uh, but a lot of jujitsu, because tonight my guest is uh, the legend, BJ Penn. What's up, BJ? What's going on, AD? How you doing, <laughs> sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. How's all that crazy shit in Hawaii going with, with your corrupt-ass government? What's going on with that? <laughs> man, they, um, well, you know what? A lot of people, so I didn't make it to the primary, but a lot of people here, they don't know. So everywhere I go, BJ, I'm voting for you, man. I'm going to vote for you. That's fucking because... hilarious. <laughs> That's all. Oh, man, let's, let's, I'm going to get into my BJ, my uh, BJ story. All right. And I, mm-hmm. I just told it to the guys here chilling. Um, uh, the first the first time I saw you or I didn't even meet you, but I saw you was at a Joe Marrera tournament. You were you were training in San Francisco at Half Gracie School and you mm-hmm. were like you had just got your blue belt or maybe you were still a white belt and you were killing everybody up in San Francisco. You were already uh, the legend was already forming. And I was down in LA in Southern California and we even heard about you. We're like, damn, there's this fucking kid that's crushing people. But I'd never met you. I didn't know what you looked like or anything. Um, all we knew is everybody at Half Gracie School, they break arms and there's all this crazy shit. <laughs> and um, so we're at Joe Marrera's tournament and I was a blue belt. And I was just happy to win one fucking fight. I wasn't, I never expected to win any tournament. And back then there weren't that many tournaments. So the divisions were huge. There were like 35 guys in each division, right? Remember that shit? It was a whole shitload of people. And and Scott Redondo was uh, the blue belt at my school that was, uh, he kicked ass in competition. So we expected things from him. We expected him to win his division. Uh, possibly, but me, I just wanted to win one match. I just didn't want to go in there and lose the first match and fucking be a total loser. But he was kicking ass. Scott Redondo was kicking ass on his side. And there was this little kid on the other side, fucking people up to an arm barring. And, uh, and it was you. And, uh, uh, you looked 14 back then. And, um, you, everyone was like, you see that little kid fucking people up? Because, dude, oh shit, that's, you know, fuck. And, we thought that it didn't really matter if Scott got to the finals with, with uh, that kid. Scott was going to fuck up that kid. No way a kid's going to beat him up. But you fucked him up. You armbarred him. And, uh, and I never let him uh, hear the end of it. I'm like, dude, he got jacked by a 14-year-old. Dude, you got your arm fucked up because his arm was fucked up. And, he, and we always reminded him. So we were always fucked with him. He's like, no, dude, that dude was 18. And that guy's really good. That's BJ fucking bad. That guy's good. And I'm like, ah. So we're just making fun of him. And then uh, fast forward a uh, couple years later, I'm a purple belt now. And now I'm doing all right. And you're a brown belt. 
and we competed at Copa Pacifica, the one clever Luciano's tournament. Remember yeah, that shit? yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah, and, yeah. and there was three mats going on at the same time. And there was a lot of people in there. It was a high school gym. A lot of people. There's three mats going on at the same time. And I, my, my match was being videotaped. I'm going against this one Brazilian from Joe Marrera school. I, I, don't, I don't know his name. But right when I armbarred the guy, right when I armbarred him, you tapped out your opponent too. But on my video, you don't see you. You just see me. And everybody was watching your man. Everybody just, it was a, a roar, dude. Like, ah. <laughs> and if you, watch, if you watch my video, it looks like they're roaring for me. You know what I mean? So when I would show <laughs> yeah. that match, when I would show that match to my friends, I, I, I would tell them, "I go, that's BJ," because you could look up in the crowd. You could look up in the crowd, and you see nobody's looking at my match. They're all looking at your match. But if I'm showing that to a girl, shit, I don't have to tell her everything about me. You know what I mean? I barely know her. You know what I mean? She didn't introduce <laughs> me to her parents yet, so why do I got to tell them? So I just let her think that they were just uh, <laughs> cheering for me. <laughs> Man, I wish I could find that match. Man, I always remember you I and Hob in the go, finals. Look, uh, Eddie Bravo versus Joe Morera student. I think this is it right here. Play it. You see, towards the end, right there towards the end. Oh, yeah, this is the – were we purple or blue? Was it purple. You were brown. And see how everyone's looking over there? Did, see, did they're looking I at you. Against, did, did I go You're against, on the right side of the screen. Was, no, I, was I going against uh, Fernando from Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, almost. Here it is. Wow. Nice and high on the shoulders. Come on, Eddie. Drills in effect. Yeah, everyone on the right, look, they're all looking Just at you. Just about over here. Look, they're all looking at you over there. See that? And then watch, I'm about to arm bar right Once my left leg comes over his face. Do it, Eddie. Do it, Eddie. I can get my left leg over his face. Just over. like class, Eddie. Just there like class, Eddie. Now I'm going to sweep him, get him on his back, take his arm when he's on his there back. Bang. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's one of the I'm best right there. Sure. Listen, you the bro. audience? You don't see it in MMA, though, Harvey, right? That's all you. That had nothing to do with me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good Hilarious. times. Hey, you and Hav were always in the finals together. You and, yeah, me and Javi Vasquez. Me and Javi Vasquez had a little rivalry. I was terrified of him, you know, because he wrestled he in college good. and he was good at jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? We went four yes. times. The first time, the first time uh, I swept him with a Jean-Jacques sweep and then he swept me back and, the, and so it was two to two. The ref gave it to him on that. Second uh -huh. time, he knee-barred me, fucked my knee up. The third time, um, I almost got him in a twister. Dude, I had him in danger. I feel I won that match, but he actually won. I had his, I had, I had, a, had his back, put him in the, almost had him in the twister. He's holding his belt. If you watch that match, I clearly won. But because he passed my guard in the beginning, he had points. They didn't give me points because I didn't put both hooks in because I had him in the truck. But so that third match, I feel like I won, but technically he won. And then the last match, I had him in the lockdown, the whole match. And uh, it was... Um, I think he won two nothing on that one, but I couldn't I couldn't get that W off Javi Vasquez officially. But uh, yeah, you how did you now you're from Hawaii? How did you end up in in San Francisco doing jujitsu? So Tom Callis moved moved over here. He 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 did Taekwondo. He was done with Taekwondo. He took a couple private lessons from Hal Gracie. Tom Callas, he was a black belt in Taekwondo under Ernie Reyes Sr. 
So he, he took a couple uh, classes with Health Gracie, him and Caesar, and then he and then he moved across the road, and that's the one who asked my dad. He said, "Hey, you wanna you wanna have the kids come over, um, meet me at the rec center? We wanna work out, do jujitsu." I was like, "No, no, no. There's no need for me to do jujitsu. I'm already the toughest guy on the planet." There's oh, no, did you think there, that? Did you, you? You were a, a tough kid. Well, I, I, I probably thought something like that. You know, I was just a small, I was just a small kid. How and old are you at this point? At this point, seventeen when I got introduced to it. Okay, seventeen when I got introduced to jujitsu. So from there, I, um, well, my father kept asking me, but I was like, hey, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. No thanks. But I knew, I knew about Hoist Gracie. I, I saw a few of the fights of Ultimate Fighting. I knew Hoist was awesome, but everything was kind of, you know, we weren't really used to that. Like we were really used to, you know, re- rolling around. No one was back then, right? Everybody was in the, trying to be like Mike Tyson or whatever. So I, um, so from there, I started, uh, my dad goes, just go down once. He keeps asking me, go down once. So he leaves me alone. So I go down, I got choked out, arm barred, and you know how the story goes. It just goes, you know how it just gets in you. But Tom Callis actually, so he lived across the road from me for years and years, and he had this kid that was growing up, and I, he was just too young to train with, but we would train with each other here and there, and I'd see him. But I saw him start pulling away from the other kids his age, just crushing kids who are street tough around here, just playing with them. And then Reagan started liking training with him a lot. Your brother. That's Phoenix, Reagan, that's Reagan, your brother. Yeah, Reagan enjoyed training with him a lot. I trained with him a little bit, but he was young. But that's Keenan Cornelius. That's Tom Callis's son. Oh, shit. Okay. Right? I, I, I saw him getting good, but you know how when somebody gets good, when, when, when somebody gets good, you... It's almost like, I mean, I, well, I, of course, I didn't train. I think he might have been purple or brown when he left, moved to the mainland to get serious about jiu-jitsu. But, you know, you know how it is, man. When somebody comes in and they're just so freaking good, right? So you, you, rolled, with, you rolled with Keenan Cornelius right in the beginning of your jiu-jitsu career. No, no. He was, he was a, I, I didn't even train with him too much because he was just a kid. He was just okay. a little kid. Okay, but he's okay. Tom's son. He's Tom's son. And then, and then you were already. So you were. You, you went your, the first time. You got tapped out a lot, and then you started training there. Well, just at the rec center. Okay, so Tom. Okay, so this was at the Hilo Rec Center, and then about a few months later, Tom goes, "Hey, I'm gonna go up to Ernie Reyes Senior and do my black belt test. Uh, you want to come up with me? I want to. I want to take you to to house school. I want you to." Uh, see what it's like and stuff. And I kind of, I didn't know if I was going to go or not because I never really left this, this Hawaii, you know, I never really left. I went one time to Disneyland. So I was like, oh, I don't know, we'll see. And then he ended up uh, talking me into it. He got me up there. And I started, I, one of the first people I grappled with was Dave Camarillo and helped to a couple guys. I mean, you know who else was there? Was Sean Shelby was there? Oh, what Sean Shelby? Sean Shelby's like the first guy I ever grappled when I went there. Holy I was shit! Like, I had no idea. Yes, Scott. You remember Scott from On the Map? That's my boy. Yeah, yeah. So Scotty, I grappled Scotty, um, Sean Shelby, Dave Camarillo. All of those guys were there. Bobby Southworth. That was your, you that was what? your first. That was your first time there. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, and then, and then and how I did that still, go? Were you getting wrecked or what? I was real raw. I really liked just a fallback for leg locks because they were so easy, right? And we never had anything over here, so we would watch all the the Henzo tapes or anything we could get our hands on. Everything was like gold. You know how it was. Everything was gold back then. Like, okay. what? What is this magazine? Look at this book. You you learn it right from there. So so when you went to San Francisco that first day, you trained um, at House. How many times, in your estimation, did you train before that time you went to San Francisco back in Hawaii? Like, was it just couple, once or a bunch a of times? A couple months, I would say about 15 times, yeah. Okay, so when you got to San Francisco, you had a little bit of game. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And then... But, um, and they thought you had a lot of potential? Me and, Dave had a, me and Dave had a battle. And then after that, me and Dave had a good battle. Because Dave was just, I mean... Dave is still, I mean, he was definitely one of my instructors who helped. I mean, Dave's triangle and arm lock was just so deadly. I mean, and it he, is. So Dave Camarillo and his brother, Dan Camarillo, they came in as black belts uh, in judo. Correct? Yes. So they already yes. had a lot of skill. They came in yes. with some skill. You come in with a yeah. black belt in judo, you know, you're not like, that's not a real white belt. You know what I mean? That's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. You're good yeah. already. But those guys, yep. They, they taught me a lot, and yeah, the, the, from the one, me and Dave, I re-rolled around, I think it was no gi, and then, and then, uh, and then Hal said, man, then Hal started kind of taking notice, you know, and he was like, hey, man, you got to come back up, you got to come back up. How long did you stay up. that first time? How long were you there uh, for? Just a couple of days. Just, just a couple a days. days. Then you go back to Hawaii, they're, they're telling you to come back. They want you to come back. They saw something. Yeah, health. Health was telling me to come back. That's what it was. And how long did it could take? Be good. You could you could get somewhere in this sport. You could be good. And uh, health really, you know, he he really was is one of the. I mean, just look how he lives still till today. I mean, he's one of the. He's really tough, tough person. Mentally, he would always go. I, I remember Frank Shamrock came in, and this is when everything was just gangs back then. You know what I mean? It was all gangs, the jujitsu gang. <laughs> The kickboxing gang, the Lions Den gang, and Frank and hey, Frank. I don't think I've when he was in his prime. I don't think I've ever seen him ta- be get submitted by anybody. And it's it's not like he had any position, but he, it's not like he submitted Hal or anything. The, they went out in front of all of us, and it was it was it was amazing. That was because it was like Gracie versus Shamrock, you know. In the, in and I was school. seventeen. And I was seventeen, and and how cleared the whole matter that it was just him and him and Frank. How and, did it go down? Are you allowed to talk freaking, about it? Alf was doing good. Alf did unbelievable, but Frank too. It's like, man, what? I I mean, I don't think I've ever submitted Frank, and he's hard to submit his back the way he bridges and and all his different things, and he was confident, you know. But I mean, Alf did great, and Frank just was just. Man, just you know how strong he was back then, right? Yeah, yeah, getting out yeah. of stuff, and it was just an awesome, legendary. I, I'm, I'm honored to say that I was there when Half and Frank Shamrock went at it for a good thirty minutes in front of Half's class. So, you know, Did, it was. Do you remember if Higgin was there? Higgin wasn't there. It was, okay. it was, it was, it was in San Francisco. Because, but if Higgin was there, he would have just tapped out everybody in the gym. Yeah, yeah cause, cause Higgin, the reason I say that is cause I ran into Higgin at an airport, maybe 20 years ago. 
I'm going to seminar. He's going to seminar. We need a, we met some, some connection in like Dallas or something. And he said, he just, he goes, man, I just roll with, with Frank Shamra. <laughs> and I said, real, how did it go? And he, and I'll never forget. He goes, man, that guy's so explodes. <laughs> he goes, you can't, when you mount him, he just explodes. <laughs> and that's, that, that's, that's what you're saying. You're telling me, yeah. right? His, his bridging is insane, right? Some guys are like that. I've had some students that bridge like motherfuckers. They just throw you off. I, I remember a lot of his MMA training because, you know, with the AKA and I was there with, that's where I started, right? With AKA was Javier, Frank Shamrock, Brian Johnston, Bobby Southworth was there, but Bobby Southworth, I met him on the first day I went to Health Gracie's. He was the he was the kind of like the blue belt instructor at the time, and it was it was a good uh, good. Uh, Talk a about good- that transition though. So so uh, let's back up a little bit. Now you go back to Hawaii. Uh, Health Gracie wants you to come back. How, like, how long did it take for you to, like, what was the process of you coming back? And like, where were you going to live? What did you tell your dad and your mom? Like, how do you, how do you go? How do you tell them, Hey, I'm, I want to move to San Francisco. And, and who were you living with? No, I, I, I came back over here and then I was, um, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I got my girlfriend. I don't want to the freaking start seeing somebody else. You know all that stuff with <laughs> oh, your yeah. kids, right? I, I know all about that. Sam Tripley and I are coming to your town. Catch us on the road doing tinfoil hat comedy. Follow me on Instagram at tinfoil hat comedy night. February 24th, we'll be in Spokane, Washington. February 25th, we'll be in Tacoma, Washington. Go to samtriply.com for more information and to buy your tickets. See you on the road. You don't want right? no one putting So I, yeah. I didn't want to go and then I was I was uh I was I was uh just doing um my parents have like a um a little employment, like an express employment. So just kind of just was just working in there and then uh my my, I was going to go to school. I was just kind of doing nothing. And my dad's like, Hey, but my dad was a judo black belt. Oh, so, shit. Okay. Yeah. So my dad's a judo black belt. And then, so he liked it, all this stuff. And he was glad that the guy took me up to the mainland and different things. So he, he was like, he was like, this was months away. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not leaving. I no. And then he said, if, if you're not, he goes, if you're not in, if you're not in school, if you're not in school, um, if you're not in community college over here by, I don't know if it was like June or July or whatever, he's like, I'm, I'm going to send you up there. I'm like, yeah. no, no, man, I'm out of there. So I started going to the, uh, the express employment more, you know, and, and then all that <laughs> you stuff. You didn't want to leave. <laughs> trying to stay down here. And then, yeah, I, you know, what's funny is the first time when I, when I was doing my, when I, when I flew, because I did jiu-jitsu a few times with Tom Callis, and I flew to California, but on that flight, I sat by a lady, and I and I remember telling her, I go, you know what? I, I didn't even know this. I think I was just speaking out loud or thinking out loud, or just, and I just told her, I said, you know what? I think I found what I want to do in life, but I didn't even mean it. I don't even know, you know? And, and here we go, you know, it, it ends up happening. You know what I yeah. mean? And you have you have um, two brothers, Reagan and JD, right? Yes. Well, I got four brothers, but Reagan and JD are my are, are full, and then one brothers from my mom, one brothers from my dad. 
Now, now, JD and uh, Reagan, like how they they were really good in jujitsu too. So it was like three of you. So they didn't go to San Francisco with you that first time, right? They stayed in Hawaii. You went by yourself. Yeah. Well, JD stayed in Las Vegas, and then JD saw me getting into jujitsu. So he started getting into jitsu and JD could always kick my ass and he's bigger and stuff. So he always be trying to, you know, he's, he's like, man, if he wants to be a bully, he's going to be a, you got to kick his ass. You got to really try hard to make him stop. He's always in shape or whatever. But JD, um, JD went with John Lewis and he started learning with them. That's how I met Steve De Silva. You remember Sugar Pop? Yeah. Steve De Silva? Yeah. Now, now, wait a minute. So JD was already in Vegas when you went to San Francisco? Yes, I, he was going to UNLV. Oh, okay. So he heard that you were doing, you got into jiu-jitsu. So he, you talked him into it and he, he found John Lewis. And he, I, he just started doing it himself. I think, I think um, the craze was, I, I'm sure maybe he talked, but my dad being a judo black belt might have, you know, talked to him too and all that stuff. Your dad never tried to get you into judo? You know what? They took us to a couple different, um, like martial arts and stuff, and we just burn it. We'd burn into it. They, okay. I remember specifically going to. Um, I, I think it might have been karate or something else. Remember specifically them, them taking us. It was by the rubbish dump kind of road, and it was this and that. But we just never. I never got into that stuff. The crazy thing about judo is. Now that we have, now everyone has video cameras and Instagram and all that shit, we get to see a lot of fucking street fights. But back in the day, it was just a bunch of people talking shit about street fights. No one had any goddamn proof or footage. So you didn't really know what the fuck, like technically how it went down. How right. to first, the first step. And dude, it looks like in for street fights, judo, judo might be the best shit, dude. You fucking grab guy. someone's clothes and throw them. As soon as, if you could pick someone up and throw them, that's usually the end of the fight on concrete. As soon as the head hits the fucking pavement, that's throw them right on the fire hydrant. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like judo. Judo might be the best. Or even on the Sotogari one, where you trip the guy down and slap him on his back. Right? Yeah, but really, really, I think the the number one move in street fighting is getting low, double underhooks, picking them up and then dumping them over and ha- hitting their head on the, on the concrete. Right. That's gotta be that. Dude, is the number one. Nobody right gets up that. from that. Nobody. Yeah. There is no fight after that. You get low, you pick someone up and yeah. dump them on the concrete. If their head hits the concrete, that's a wrap. There's it's no more that, arm bars. It's um, true though. Joke, right. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know, judo is, is, is so, amazing and and like you said hey that is dangerous if you do that if you had that and you i would never i never felt comfortable fighting a judo guy nobody <laughs> does right you just pull guard on them dog yeah. as soon as you know as soon as you know you're in a because there was so back in the day when everybody was a white belt and the blue belt there was no american black belts or brown belts and every square had one american there was a purple belt like yeah there was none but everybody was white and blue everybody and so everybody. there was a lot of judo guys a lot of judo black belts getting into jujitsu and there right. were blue belts and when you run into them you're like 
dude, I'm like a regular dude, blue belt, and I'm going against some fucking Olympic hopeful black belt in judo who's a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and was like, he's a judo guy, he's a judo guy. You pull guard, and you just sit on your butt. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to get launched. Fuck you. Oh, man. Now, your, your younger brother, Reagan's your younger brother, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, how did how did he get into jiu So JD was in Vegas. He hooked up with John Lewis. Now, how did Reagan get into it? Reagan, you know what? With all so WWF, we always love WWF too, right? Okay. So me and Reagan would like go do suplexes and all kinds of stuff together. So you know what? Reagan came in through Tom Callis because Reagan was still in high school, and then all of his friends started getting into it. And and as you know, it just changed um, street fighting. Period across Hawaii, the world, right? In Hawaii, especially. I mean, quickly, but across the world, right? Yeah. yeah. So wait. So so Reagan was still in high school. You're older than him. You're yeah. looking at like you're looking at community college or moving to San Francisco with Half Gracie. Yeah. You're like, damn, community college. I got my girl here. I don't want to leave her. Did you ever consider taking your girl to San Francisco? She with did you? end up come up, coming up later. Damn, you brought her. Okay, good move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's she at now? <laughs> Man, you know what? She she um, hit me up the other day because she was trying to do something with the gym over here. And her daughter is a state champ wrestler. Oh, so you still know her? Yeah, I wanted Hilo is why, you know. Okay. Do, do you know that I went to Hawaii as a blue belt and competed against Reagan, your brother? Did you know that? Were you aware of that? Well, yeah, you guys did. I remember. I remember yeah. something like that, but that was a while back. Dude, we were blue belts. And this is, dude. What is that, 97, 98? Yes, yes, 97, dog, 97. And, uh, you know, I was, like, from the get-go, because I wrestled in high school a little bit. Yeah. And I, was, and I did the wrestler's guillotine, which became the twister and all that shit. I didn't see yes. Brazilians change their names. People think, oh, he, he took a wrestling move and changed his name. Bits, I called it guillotine the whole time. The, the Brazilians. <laughs> the Brazil, Higgins, the one who called. Higgins is the one who named it. Higgins named it. Wow. But anyway, so I was into unorthodox shit. And, I, and back in the early days, dude, I got, I don't know if you remember that, that Ken Shamrock instructional where he's in jeans, no shirt. He's in jeans because he was fighting in pancreas. He was fighting in pregnant. So he made it instructional in jeans and no shirt. And he's got some Japanese dude, one of his UKs or whatever you call those. Things. And he was doing like a standing toehold. Like he's passing the guard, but then he grabbed the foot. And, mm. He was doing like catch wrestling shit. And I was like, oh my God, that's my shit. That's my shit. So I started doing toeholds from half guard. I would do it from the bottom because right from the get go, I was pulling guard. Yeah. And, and in that tournament, um, I had a good tournament. Me and your brother went to the finals. I, I tapped a couple dudes out. I got a guy in a kamikaze calf crank from half half guard. That's the first time I ever did that. And then I triangled some other some other Hawaiian dude looking long hair, Hawaiian, all fucking dark, but looked like fucking uh, like, you know, it's just some jungle kid. And then uh, I met up with your brother and I remember I got him in a toll, but they were illegal. And like my, uh, you know, you, you know, everybody, when they lose, they try to spin shit, like to make themselves look good. <laughs> your, your brother choked me out. He choked me out. He did. Okay. He fucked me up. He, he got me to call her choke. Exactly. He fucked me up. Yep. His yeah, collar chokes were sick. 
So, but before that, I put a toehold on him and I cranked it and he looked at the ref and he was like, this is illegal. And, and he kind of like put his hand on the mat. So I was always like, look, he tapped, he tapped, but it was illegal. So (laughs) you find out, you find out 20 years later, that's exactly what a pen would do. Look at the ref. <laughs> but then after that, I had to let go of the toll because it was illegal. And then he choked me out and that was it. But uh, I, I never forget Reagan for that. I never forget him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all got to get together one day. And, Hell yeah. And, Hell yeah. Oh, 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 I remember what I was going to say. Damn, now I remember. Dude, fast forward like fucking a thousand years. Uh, my, my wife's friend... Her, one of her good girlfriends got married in on the big fucking island. I never been there before. I, I've been to like Oahu and shit. You're on the big island, right? Yes. I will, dude, I went to the big island for the first time for a fucking wedding, right? For a wedding. And everybody knows BJ Penn that this was uh, 2011 or some shit. And I'm out there and I'm at this wedding. And the reason why we went to Hawaii, because my wife's friend, uh, and her husband or her or the guy she was going to marry, they, they were white people that grew up on the big island. So, uh-huh. when, yeah. So when white people grow up, it's like they got all their, you know, they know everything about yeah. everything, right? It's a small it's a, and dude, it was, it was a trip because I thought everybody on the big island worshipped you. I thought they did. But it turns <laughs> out there was like there's like a you got a section of haters out there, right? Right on the on the on the big island. I thought I thought BJ Penn ruled the island, but I was like, people were like, ah, BJ Penn thinks he's this, and I'm like, what? (laughs) BJ Penn's a fucking legend. What are you talking about? (laughs) And and uh, I was gonna, um, uh, we were, you know, we were like uh, rehearsing for this fucking wedding, and then we were gonna go out. You know, it was nighttime. We were gonna go out and. The, the 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 bride said do not go out in this area and we're like why because oh the people you're gonna get in a fucking fight for sure the people the guys out here are barbarians they fucking they get drunk and they just they see girls and they just start beating their asses and the girl said she used to be a waitress at a bar on the big island and she said part of orientation part of training to be a waitress at this bar was learning how to use your tray to fuck dudes up if they try to grab your ass or some shit. Does that sound familiar? That is funny. That's amazing. Is that no, but it, it does. It did really have that kind of reputation it, and stuff. Uh, different like fights everywhere. Like, like there's you're just fighting everywhere, right? Because you even you even have uh, a couple fights. Like even after your your your. Uh, rain in the UFC, you had a couple bar fights and stuff that got publicized, right? Yeah, man, <laughs> they, they, put a, they put a typical Saturday night on for all the old people on the news. That's how they try to get you. The media's terrible. <laughs> you know, this is a normal Saturday night. What's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally normal. And then they blow it up like, oh, BJ Penn gets in a fight. You're like, dude, I fight all the time, dog. <laughs> man, right? it, it, I, I really did grow up around and see a, a lot of that there really was a lot of fighting and and you know because it was all sugar it was all sugarcane fields so we'd always be in the sugarcane fields but it, fights could break out anywhere i guess but and, and nobody the top was of your head gun. no gun nobody was shooting guns you know so they were we, we, we did get to see like it was mostly a boxing or like you know the two guys and we would we would watch you know maybe like a bunch of people stand around and watch them fight for a while. Off, off the top of your head, 
How many fights did you get into growing up before you started training jujitsu? Off the top of your head, like five, Jeez. ten? Probably more, more easy. Yeah, but I probably got jumped a couple 20? times by a couple, couple guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got in like in my life, I got in like in high school and junior high, like four fights. I think I got four. And they were that's weird. pretty good. <laughs> no, they were, they were hey, hey, but you know what? I, I, I just watching your career too, Eddie, man. Everything from I, I remember us, to, I remember us, they, and like you're you've been going all the way back to 97. Then I remember us, um. You and you and Hob always being in the finals. There was one more guy too that would kind of come in, but you were always in the finals, and and uh, and you were doing your thing. You were doing your thing. Jujitsu was your sport. Jujitsu was your passion, and then and then you came in and you beat the greatest guy of all fucking time, and and that just cemented everything. And and that just you know it's just. Well, thank it's, you, man. I appreciate it. You know, that. it's amazing. It's amazing to see. And, but it's all, how did you do it, Eddie? What, what desire, dedication? No, fun. I did it fun. It was fun. <laughs> hey, you know what? Dude, when I was a purple belt, you, I know you remember, when I was a purple belt, you were a fucking black belt. And not only were you a black belt, but you were always that you were always the star in my jujitsu scene, the West Coast jujitsu scene. You were always the best guy. So when we heard BJ Penn was gonna, oh, you hear BJ Penn's training for MMA, we were like, of course, that motherfucker's gonna kill an MMA. Everybody <laughs> that everybody that knew you growing up, we're like, oh shit, BJ's training for MMA. Did you hear BJ's gonna? I'm like, yeah, of course, he's gonna fuck people up. So, but before all the MMA training for all that shit in the, in the year 2000, I was a purple belt. You were a black belt. I went, and this was back when the world championships were still in Brazil. And that's when you won the, the world. You were the first American to win a world championship at black belt in fucking Brazil. And I, I, and, and at this point I had been smoking weed for three years, two years. Two years, but I never smoked weed and did jujitsu. I was scared to death of smoking weed and doing jujitsu for two years, the first two years. And I just thought, I'm too small. I'm too little. I need, I need Red Bulls and shit. I need caffeine. I need, you know, I, I, I can't be smoking weed and doing jujitsu. These motherfuckers are going to kill me. You know what I mean? So I never even considered smoking weed and doing jujitsu are you like, are you out of your goddamn mind i'll smoke weed at three and you know three o'clock in the morning and order some fucking damianos and shit but i i wouldn't even drive i was i wouldn't i was afraid to drive high but we were in brazil and i got fucked in my first match i was a purple belt all over this motherfucker had him in an arm bar fucking swept him and everything and the motherfucker won this guy didn't do shit to me. This guy didn't exactly how it is. I didn't do shit to me. This guy didn't do nothing. I was all over this guy, and he fucking won. I'm like, that's when I was like, this is something's got to change. I was so fucking pissed. I made some stupid ass. I had my own video, my little fucking camcorder, and I'm in Brazil in this fucking all right, dude. In these, um, this mini arena where the world championships were at and i'm like videotaping Tijuca myself or whatever right yeah i'm like saying stupid <laughs> shit on video camera like like making excuses for the loss and, and me coming all the way down to brazil and losing my first match and then it was time for the black belts 
and the black belts were going, and you were fucking there, dude. You were fucking there. And we're in the stands, and you were like, you, you don't smoke weed and roll? I'm like, hell no. I ain't smoking <laughs> weed and roll. And he goes, dude, you said, we were up, dude, it was chaos. It's chaos. Brazilians, they got drums and shit. Brazilians got drums and they're fucking, they got jujitsu songs and shit. Right, like, and on the chant, no chanting, chanting, these guys chant. They these got guys their chants down, dog. There's no chance. Abu Dhabi, we had an arena. There was no chance. We had the wave, though. We had the wave in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> That's it. Brazilian got songs. They got songs. Yeah, and they got yeah. And they got it's like, awesome. it's crazy. Yeah. All they need is a tuba and they're good. But... <laughs> You were in the audience. You were going, dude. You got to smoke weed and roll, dog. Trust me. I'm like, hell no. But then, like, and then you went out there and won the goddamn world championship. And I'll tell you this: the guy, the guy that you beat, um, uh, Alexander Soka. Remember that shit? Yeah, Soka. That guy. He used to be a student of Jean Jacques Machado, my master. And I was there with Jean Jacques. Me and Jean Jacques are up in the stand. <laughs> And Soka came up to him and asked him for advice. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. you, you know, you went down there and you beat his ass. You became the first American to win a world championship. And uh, I was like, damn, holy shit. BJ Penn just won the world championship after three and a half years of jujitsu. Man, I was like, I was like, I gotta start smoking weed and rolling, dog. <laughs> right there, I'm like, I'm gonna go home and start smoking weed and rolling. And the first time I did, the first time I did, I rolled with Jean Jacques, and he crushes me. It's still to this day, motherfucker. You, you crush all of us, that guy. He, he, he smashes me. He, oh, people don't believe me. People, oh, you're being so respectful for your master. I'm like, no, I'm not, dog. The motherfucker crushes me. He smashes me. There's, I'm, I'm not being respectful. I'm just being honest. Like, I am not. He's people, the best ever. Like, no way. No way. How many times have you tapped John Jock? I'm like, zero, zero. I've never even been close. And, um, but, but the first time I ever smoked weed, I lasted like, I lasted like four fucking minutes with him before he fucked me up. And I'm like, oh my God. Usually he fucks me up in like 90 seconds, two minutes, and I went four or five minutes with him. And I remember going, oh, my God, I'm going to smoke weed every time I roll now. <laughs> oh, that is funny. What a story, man. What <laughs> so a now, story. So, so now you're, you, you decide to go to Half Gracie's. Who are you living with? Are you living with Half or who the fuck are you so, living with? Who's so paying your rent? Dave, Dave is, like, right next to me. Dave Camarillo is right next to me in an apartment with his um, – with his girlfriend, and then and then me and my girlfriend moved up on on an apartment right on the side of them. So wait, you live with Dave Cabarillo first? No, no, yeah, just right in the same area because Dave was basically running the gym for house, and we moved like right the apartment building right next to Dave. So when you first came my out, you, when did. you first came out, you had your own room, you had your own apartment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. My dad really wanted to get me out of there. My girlfriend was up there working. Okay. And Where did she work? Did she, did she get a job like a? She was just working. Where was she working at down there? She was working Applebee's. at. She was young too. She was eighteen. Okay. Yeah. And now, and so you're out there at some 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 strip mall, I think. Okay. Okay. I thought you were gonna say some strip club. Some strip club. Like, okay. 
<laughs> you know, you know, I DJed at a strip club for ten years, right? You know that, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. D- during during white belt, blue belt, purple belt, and brown belt, all fucking four belts. Uh, yeah, when I got my black belt, that was already out of the strip. Yeah, enough. Just, it was just white through brown. It was white through brown. <laughs> when I got my black belt, I was writing for the Man Show on Comedy Central with Joe Rogan. I was one wow. of the writers. Yeah, that's wow. when I got my black belt. But um, hey, you, you, I wanted to ask you, or just you know, isn't it amazing how we like we've done through all this stuff? We coach people, we've seen stuff, we competed ourselves in all this stuff, and you see because. I started to see it, you know, just in the fighting in, in Japan, of course, with the different guys. And, and then, you know, you're winning, winning, winning. And then you, the guy starts losing, losing, losing. And then, cause it's a, you know, you, of course you're getting older and, you know, but isn't it just crazy how it's the energy level that goes down or something, right? You know, isn't it strange? That's you know, it's a- weird. I, I don't know what it is, but you know how there's a rumor. There's a rumor. I don't know for sure, but there's a rumor that like the controllers, the people running everything, they're into young blood. They're into it. I mean, there's a company called Ambrosia. You can play the video. Ambrosia. They're talking about how young, if you get young blood transfused oh, yeah. into you, like it's good, like it, it, it like cures shit. On the Health Watch, could the secret to eternal youth be found in blood transfusions from young people? Health reporter Stephanie Stahl has more on a controversial new treatment that's being tested. Transfusions with young blood from teenagers, some claim it can reverse the aging process. It's being tested in patients over the age of 35 as part of a clinical trial called Ambrosia, where people paid $8,000 to get the rich growth factors found in blood plasma platelets. It's pretty much people from most states, people from overseas, from Europe and Australia. Results of the trial have not been published, but Dr. Jesse Karzeman, who plans to open a business selling young blood, says patients who've had it say they feel amazing. And he says he's seen evidence of reversing the aging process in rats. Their brains are younger, hearts, their, their hair, if it was gray, it turns dark again. There's also been encouraging Alzheimer's research using young blood at Stanford. Dude, there's a fucking company that is selling young blood like they're calling it teen blood or young blood they're not going into that baby shit but they're like they're 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 getting us used to it like oh young blood is gonna make you healthier you can get it transfused they're slowly they're like grooming us into young blood so if teen blood is good for old people then you know, like, uh, What's younger even blood better? Is probably, like What's baby better? blood, you know, that then like when we get into the whole adrenochrome shit, you know what I mean? And it's crazy. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I got a 10 year old and this motherfucker never gets tired. <laughs> this motherfucker, he doesn't do no sprints. This motherfucker don't have no strength and conditioning coach. Right. You don't never get tired, dog. He, how old's yeah. your daughter? How old's your daughter? I got 113 and 110. And, and they're just, do you remember, do you remember their cardio? Like they don't get winded. They don't get, they get my son and his friends, dude, like in a, we get, we throw birthday parties for his, you know, he's on a baseball team and he's got all these friends and everyone got a fucking birthday coming up and we're throwing these big parties with these bouncy houses and shit. 
they'll go seven hours straight, dog. And I'm like, oh, shit. There's something about that young blood, dog. They right? never get tired. They never get tired. You know, right? that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. That so makes a I lot think, of sense. I think, I think, and now you see in jujitsu. Damn, you see it clear as fuck in jujitsu. ADCC this year? Are you kidding me? Like 17-year-olds winning shit, 18-year-olds winning shit, 16-year-olds fucking people up. You know, we just had a tenth planet planet qualifier for the ABI absolutes coming up. 16 bad motherfuckers and a 16-year-old won. And and the 16-year-old... It's the young blood. We had... had, Young blood. We had... We had... um, uh, more than six for this qualifier. We, you know, we're trying to get, we try to make 16 man bracket brackets, UFC two, 16 man is the best. 16 man is a full season in one show, full season in three hours, 16 man. The first, the first uh, round, you really, you don't have to know nobody. You don't have to, you don't know nobody. If you knew nobody and you just paid attention, and it's a 16 and they got talent, but you don't know who the fuck they are. You watch it. The first round, you're like, hmm, interesting. Okay, next one. Interesting. There's eight matches. Mm, interesting. Okay, that dude. Okay. And then the, that's that's like the regular season. And then the next round, again, you're like, oh, that dude, find that dude. Okay. Okay. Look at that dude. Damn, the guy with the blue hair. Oh, oh shit. He's going against that dude. Oh, this is going to be good. That's the second round. And then the third round, that's the playoffs, dog. That's final four. Right. Like, oh, shit. And you already know those motherfuckers. Like, oh, shit. That dude is going with blue hair. Oh, fuck. And then the finals, you know those fucking guys very well. Those two guys. You just saw them fight three times. You know what I mean? That's a whole season. So the secret is the 16-man tournament, right? That's the secret. That's just UFC 2. UFC 2 is what blew everything the fuck. Right, the 16-man tournament. Nobody knew anybody in the UFC. Nobody knew anybody. Nobody saw UFC 1. Nobody saw UFC 1. They heard about some Iranian or Brazilian, but nobody knew who Hoist was. It wasn't until UFC 2. I lived this shit. I'm not looking at some documentary, dog. I lived it. I was in the motherfucking documentary. I saw yeah. UFC 2. Nobody saw UFC 1. I didn't see UFC 1. I thought it was fake. I'm like, fuck, what is this shit? I, I got a question for you because I always wonder this a lot. And I respect everybody. I respect all the styles. I know there's jiu-jitsu, sambo, and all these different styles. I don't remember the catch wrestling when I was, before jiu-jitsu was here. Oh, okay. But it was here, but it was here right? Or why? Or, or oh, no. is it just not as big? Dude, catch wrestling has always been around. The problem with catch wrestling, listen, they had Kimuras, they had rear naked chokes, they all had all sorts of chokes and neck cranks and all sorts of leg locks. Catch wrestling was real. It was legit. But the format didn't allow for them to be on their back, like just regular wrestling. That came from Oh, yeah, yeah. Regular wrestling. So if the format, if the sport doesn't allow you to be on your back. Like if you're on your back, it's over. Like in wrestling, if you're on your back, gotcha. it's yep, over. Yep. you got pinned. So they gotta so give it, their back. So, so if, but we know that in real fighting, putting someone in your guard is a hundred times better than giving them your back. There's just prison guard. All right, whether I, whether I sweep them, whether I put this butterfly in here and sweep them, 
I shuck, squeeze, gift wrap, and boom. And now I'm on his back. Maybe I sweep him the other way. Maybe I put this butterfly. Have him let go of the double arms and let shoot this through. Boom! And then I go, bam! Look where we're at. Boom! A sh uh, shoulder crunch attempt um, is probably, like all sweeps, 20% at best success. But doing it from here, if it doesn't work, I still got him. I used to go here, boom, and then come here and come up this way. That's what I usually do. All that is prison guard, all right? It's all off homie control. Homie control, again, it's like the mission control of, of uh, prison guard. They didn't recognize that. It was always like if you're on your back, maybe they give you three seconds to fight or something like that. So what ends up happening is you have a style because of the format of the sport, a style that has no guard. Yeah. If, you have, if you have no guard, then you have no guard passing. So if yeah. you have no guard, if your style is like, how is he? Oh, he has no guard and he has no guard passing. I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. Right. Kill that motherfucker. Are you kidding? So that's the problem with catch wrestling. It, it was the format of the sport. Before, didn't maybe they, they, they hey, hey, listen, they some catch wrestlers are gonna come up and say, What the fuck are you talking about? We had a guard, okay? Let's say you allowed like uh judo, they allow 30 seconds on your back or whatever, okay? Okay, but 30 seconds that ain't time to set shit up, yeah? So you're gonna bypass all the shit that takes time to set up, it's legit, it just takes time to set up, and you need time. You said you can't do none of that because you only have 30 seconds or five seconds, so you or never whatever. learn it. It's a problem, never, it's a problem. Yeah. So that's why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I see what you, you, you explained it very well. Thank you, Eddie. That makes a lot of sense. So what ended up happening is when you have grappling matches that don't have guard and doesn't have guard passing, like catch wrestling, show me one fucking guard pass. I don't, I haven't seen anything because there's no guard. There was no need to develop guard passing. That's a big problem. That's yep. a big hole. Some grappler comes to me and he goes, I want to fight in the UFC. And he goes, I'm, uh, I have no guard and I have no guard pass. I'm like, dude, don't forget about the UFC right now. We need to fucking just, it was just, you, you know, we need to watch some videos and talk a little bit. All right. You have no guard like, and no guard passing. Like you're, you're you, know what, fucking, you know what made health good or health gym good is they would, he do the warm up and then it was 45 minute pass guard drill. You pass, you stay, you, you pass, you stay, you keep the spot, and then the next guys just keep coming in. The pass guard drill, you can sweep them or tap them. Yeah. You know, you remember all, you that know, drill? Jiu you can call jujitsu like the art of guard passing, really. I yeah, mean, because, that's because what guard, it, passing that's, is, guard passing is so fucking important. Guard passing is like, um, like first downs in football, right? Everyone right? thinks, oh, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah, but you ain't getting no touchdowns if you can't get like first downs at will. Like if you aren't, yeah. it just goes boom, 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 like third and five, no fucking problem. You know, and then march down the fucking for defense. It's just like, we yes. can't just march, 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 march. Football yeah. is a game of first downs. Because if you can't, if you ain't a master at getting first downs, what are you gonna fucking throw bombs every goddamn play? You gotta get first downs, dog. Bombs will come in sprinkles, right? So that's how jujitsu is. Like jujitsu, yep. yeah, it's rear naked choke, it's arm bar. Yep. You know, yes. But if you can't yep. pass the guard, if that isn't an art to you, 
If that isn't a separate sport, like this fucking art of passing guard and all the yeah. different ways you can pass guard, you pass guard from scratch. Dude's on his back, one dude standing. That's, you know, boom, you're going around. That's passing from scratch. But passing through sweeps, that's, that's my forte. My forte is passing through. Like, I like pulling guard and I like, and I pull guard to pass guard. Yeah, I got to do a sweep. Yeah, but it, if the sweep doesn't well, like, include yeah. a guard pass, if the sweep doesn't include a guard pass, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't fuck yeah. with sweep that don't have a guard pass. The the sweep, the sweeps that I focus on are the ones that are going to get me past the guard in the sweep if it's successful. If I can sweep him, there's the pass yeah. got to be right there. It's all about the pass. The sweep yeah. is just setting up the pass. You know, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Because if you can't pass the guard, where's all, you can't get to the good shit. You can't yeah. pass the guard. And, You're not that good at and, passing the guard. You can't get to the yeah. good shit. People got to be talking about your pass. And they're like, damn, you got, you got to have like right. one or two that you're fucking ninja coral belt with. You know what I mean? At least yeah. two. At least one. At least one. And, and then you that's have at least one right. pass. That all your teammates, they're all like, yeah. damn, watch that pass. Watch that pass. Yeah. He has the same pass. He has the same pass. At least he always does one pass. But God damn it. He's fucking ninja with it. That's a start. That's the start. You need to be ninja 100%. with one pass. Then you need to be ninja with two passes. Then you need to be ninja with three passes. If you could bounce ninja with three ninja and you, you use them each to set up each other, you know, you could get away, you know, maybe you're not going to be ninja with all fucking, you know, yeah. five different ways to pass the guard, but you gotta have at least one dog. And then the goal's three. <laughs> right. Right. If you ain't passing the guard, you ain't doing shit. Jiu-Jitsu gave us the step-by-step, because like you said, you pull guard, sweep, pass, mount, choke, armbar. And, and it really, you're that's right, it. that's that's, that's what mount. separates it. You you want to explain, no, but Jiu-Jitsu is this, that's what separates it yeah. from everything. It shows you, you know, you break the eggs, you scramble the eggs, you put, them, you put some oil in the pan, and you cook the egg. It, it's all lined up down the line, and that yeah. was the beauty of yeah. it. Yeah. And, and grappling jujitsu has gone through a lot of evolution over the last 10 years, you know, oh, a, man. Lot, a lot of evolution, a lot of evolution. Cause in the beginning of, in the beginning of the two thousands, you know, um, uh, the early two thousands, you saw Dean Lister fuck people up with leg locks. Right. Yeah. But it didn't really take off that much because people maybe thought like, ah, oh, he's big and strong. Yeah. And he's huge. Look at his shoulders. That guy's fucking massive. And he just ripped. Same thing with Paul Harris. Paul Harris was fucking everybody up with leg locks. Yeah. But he was built like fucking King Kong. You know what I mean? So people were thinking, okay, he's just ripping people's fucking legs off because he's so goddamn strong. Nobody was like developing styles off it, right? Yeah. Especially in MMA. Because in MMA, the, the general consensus since day one of the UFC, the general consensus was... Leg locks are too dangerous in MMA. If you go for a leg lock, uh, his hands are free and he's going to fuck you up. And a lot of guys have gotten fucked up. There's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of exhibit A, exhibit B, your honor. Look, people getting fucked up with leg lock. There's so much evidence. It's Remember crazy. when Yuki Nakai right. would be holding the leg and just pull home here and fucking yeah. There was a lot right. of guys that got fucked up. There was a lot <laughs> of guys. So leg locks kind of, they didn't really, there was no real space for them except for Abu Dhabi because in the Gi, they were banned. There was no heel hooks. Yeah, so yeah. If you were trying to get, you know, prestigious IBJJF, you know, some kind of gold medal, 
you know, uh, leg locks isn't something that you should be spending time on because they're illegal. And if you're spending time on something that you're not going to do, you're wasting your fucking time. Yeah. Right. right? So if you want to win that IBJJF, don't do no, you got to spend time sweeping and passing because that's really the game. IBJJF is sweeping and passing, which, which are beautiful techniques, right? Uh, but that's the most important. That's the, the leg locks, the least important. Why? Because they're illegal. So nobody was really practicing them. Abu Dhabi, you could do leg locks. Yes, and Dean Lister was fucking people up, Pahars. There was some people, every now and then you see a Japanese jump out of nowhere and hit a fucking uh, toe hold or something. You saw that shit every now and then. Uh, but if you were known as a leg locker, we, in the ADCC um, format, you could, you could sacrifice a match. You got to win four matches for that gold medal, right? So if one of your matches is against a, a, re, uh, a known leg locker, you can just say, fuck it. I'm not going to engage because leg lockers pull guard generally. Right. Pull guard, he's minus one. I'm just going to dance around. I don't care if people say I fucking stalled. Most of these matches, everybody's stalling. So yeah. they have no, these guys have no problem staying away from the leg locks, let time run out. And then you go into overtime and in Abu Dhabi overtime, it's wrestling based. So now if you pull guard in overtime, you fucking lost. That's negative. Right. Dude standing, all he has to do is fucking dance around and pretend and he wins. Many fights end up that way. Right. Right. So it's not. So if you're going to go win pulling guard, trying to leg lock everybody in Abu Dhabi, not a, not the best strategy because yeah, you might leg lock a guy or two, but eventually someone's going to avoid you and they're going to stall you out, drag you into OT. Now you can't do your leg locks in OT. That's why leg lockers never really got that gold medal in Abu Dhabi because uh, the ADCC format uh, prevents pure leg lockers from just blasting through everybody with leg locks. It ain't going to happen. A Brazilian's going to stall them out for sure. Even a wrestler, a wrestler's going to stall yeah. them out. For sure. So there was, my point is, there's no re, there was no reason to get heavy in the leg locks. There was, there was uh, MMA, we thought it was too dangerous, and it, it, it is dangerous, but it's not as dangerous as we thought. We're learning, if, especially we learn all the reaping leg locks. It's very hard to knock a guy out if it's reaping. It's the outside ones where people get fucked up. So we're learning a lot. There's a lot of data coming in. Leg locks are very important in MMA now. You just got to do the right ones. Don't do the ones that are dangerous, like as far as getting yeah. fucked up. Um, yeah. But like Gary Totem fucking leg locks motherfuckers in, in MMA. They have, they're lost. And he goes in there, fucking pulls guard, leg locks yeah. the shit out of him. Problem is, he does, if he tries to do that against a real good leg locker, every now and then you're going to run into a dude who's hard to leg lock. You know, uh, damn, that's gonna, that's uh, a bad idea. Like, it, yeah, yeah I, got, I got a question for you. Gordon Ryan or Hicks and Gracie? Dude, Gordon Ryan's so goddamn big, dude. He's He's got, uh, I don't know, man. Gordon Ryan, Hicks and Gracie, shit. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. he was going with the leg locks. He's amazing at leg locks too, right? Who? Gordon, isn't that amazing yes, what he yes, did this yeah. ABCC? Yeah, yeah. You can't deny him no more. You can't deny him. He's done well. You know what? I I didn't even know who he was, but and I love Josh Barnett, but I love jujitsu. I always want to see jujitsu on top. And then Josh beat Dean, and I was like, oh well, yeah. Well, Josh is the freaking man. Josh, he's like a Freddie Shamrock. That guy's impossible to submit. 
a guy like Josh, he gets all oily and he just starts getting out of everything. And he's so know? big. He's like, he's so Josh big. Barnett, like he walks around probably 280. Exactly. And then, uh, and then, and then for that, yeah. And, and then, and then Gordon Ryan, Mount, Mount gets him in the mounted triangle. Yeah. Yeah. And crazy, right? the, you know what I mean? <laughs> crazy. That's crazy, and then I was, right? That was like this guy's got to be this guy's got to be the real deal. That's the first time I said this guy's got to be good if you can tap out Josh Barnett. I never seen Josh Barnett get tapped out with a triangle. I think Rothwell, Ben Rothwell caught him in some kind of weird head crank once. Yeah. But besides but a that, try to, to to see Josh Barnett get caught in the triangle is crazy, right? Didn't that blow you away? I was like, oh, what? I did not expect that. Best. I did not expect Who the hell that. Is this? I was like, oh shit. But um Did you know him before that? Well, who? I guess he I guess he beat Keenan once or twice. Who? Gordon, Gordon Ryan? did. Yeah, I guess Gordon him and Keenan went, huh? Gordon well, Ryan I, I was in the matches, but I asked somebody, I said, did Keenan go with, with Gordon yet? And then they, I think they said they said, Yeah, he lost points once. Maybe got guillotined once. Uh, he beat Keenan Cornelius twice. He, okay. he guillotined him in Abu Dhabi. Okay. And he leg locked him in a no time. Oh, wow. Lunch, like after like an hour and a half or some shit. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I, was like, I was watching this thing on my phone, dr- running errands and shit, going grocery shopping. That's how much time you had. Dude, I was doing it. I took a shower, fucking trimmed my balls, and he was, it was still going on. I'm like, damn, maybe I should fucking get a tan or something. And <laughs> it took forever, but he ended up getting Keenan in a leg lock. Um, but uh, uh, Gordon Ryan, I think his, because he did EBI and he's won, I don't know how many belts, at least three EBI belts. Um, Is that the, and, the, 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 the slaps? No? That's just, combat jiu-jitsu. EBI, okay. is EBI, EBI and combat jiu-jitsu are exactly the same, except combat jiu-jitsu has palm strikes. You can fucking break a dude's nose. Well, what's EBI? EBI is just sub-only. No, oh, I thought you. I thought you were going to say EBI is just slaps. It's not culture. No, no, yeah, no okay, combat jiu- sub, only, sub only. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, EBI is EBI is like Abu Dhabi, but no points, no judges. Submission. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Okay. And combat jiu-jitsu is that, but you could fuck somebody up. You could call it slaps. Yeah. Combat jiu-jitsu. They say, "Oh, I'm gonna slap him." Like, dude. That's not a slap. If you want to call it, a, no, one's do, no one's doing this. But you can call people call it slapping. You know, every now and then, I guess you could just do that just to get someone to move. But boom, dude, dudes are getting fucking TKO, right? getting their nose broken, like, getting their eye sockets blown out. <laughs> it's not. That's your your combat jujitsu against the Mike Tyson of combat jujitsu. Yeah. He slaps the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Boom, yeah. guys go down. Oh, that's funny. So, so Gordon Gordon Ryan won a bunch of EBIs. No, no palm strikes. He's not. He hasn't done combat okay. jiu-jitsu. He almost yeah. did once, uh, but he, he got hurt or some. Um, but uh, well, but he's but amazing. He won. He won. He won I th- at least three EBIs. At least off the top of my head. Um, and, and did uh, you see the talent? People were doubting. 
did you see the talent from back then? That oh, yeah, gonna- absolutely. You know, he's coming from uh, the Danaher crew, and, you know, they had nothing but killers. Eddie Cummings, Gary Tonin. Uh, so anybody coming from that camp, you know they're going to be ready. There's not going to be any busters coming from that camp. Uh-huh. Ready? They're on top of shit. Uh, high-level leg locks, high-level rear naked chokes, um, uh, high-level jiu-jitsu overall. You know, come right? John Danaher, he's not fucking around. Did you ever so, did you ever get to work out with Danaher? Did you ever work out with him? Never worked out with him. We we we've uh you know had some, we've, had, we've had some conversations and stuff, but no. Um once we started doing EBI, it became a rivalry, you know, so he wouldn't really gotcha. you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna show me what they're doing, you know what I mean? So gotcha. uh, uh we were paying attention, you know, because they got deep into leg locks, super deep. Like Eddie Cummings was Eddie Cummings to this day still I consider him the best leg locker of all time, dude. Eddie wow. Cummings. Eddie Cummings was vicious with leg locks. So it changed the game. He came in and just fucking torched people with leg locks. And Gary Tonin's leg locks were awesome. Um, they were training partners uh for uh, a while. And they were fucking people up with leg locks, man. So everybody got on. Like we, at Tenth Planet, we always did leg locks. I never said no leg locks. We uh-huh. always did leg locks. But since the general consensus in MMA was leg locks are dangerous, I just personally didn't get that heavy into them. But you know, if I had to get someone to cover my class, I'd get my. I, I, we always had a couple leg lock guys, you know, in, in my school, and I would say, hey, yeah, can you cover tonight? Show them your leg lock shit. I would always say, show them your leg lock shit. I did personally get into uh, leg locks that deeply. And, you know, unless you consider, you know, um, there's a difference between the kind of leg locks I do because I do calf slicers and that's like top three go-to shit for me. I'm a calf slicer. That's a leg lock. I'm, I fuck the fuck, yeah. I fuck legs up, but I'm not considered a leg locker because I'm not doing the the, the modern day yeah. uh, inside heel hook and hunt gotcha. hole and all that shit. That's different. I teach the shit out of it and I fucking create modern day leg lock monsters all over the place. That's what I do. I, I put the factory together, but in my personal game, I don't go to it that much, but I do go to calf slicers all the time, but, um, I never really, uh, um, got heavy into it until there was a sport where that game, the leg lock game, the heel hook game was, uh, can thrive. Because in MMA, yeah. you couldn't really thrive in MMA because the strikes, you didn't really like the general consensus, like too dangerous. So if you're going to uh, train uh, fighters for MMA, you don't really get them that in the head leg locks. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's an MMA school out there going heavy into leg locks over everything. MMA team and you're, you're spending a lot of time on heel hooks. Dude, some shit. Yeah, get into it. But damn, there's so much other shit that's more important than that, right? For MMA, for MMA. Right. But right. now there's a, a sport, Shaboni, brand new. Now you could do all leg locks are legal and there's no punches. All leg locks are legal now and there's no punches. Right. So it's the perfect sport to get super heavy with leg locks. Dude, I mean, Eddie Cummins was so heavy in, with leg locks. I don't ever, him and Gary Tonin, I don't remember seeing them passing the guard in EBI ever. I don't remember seeing a guard pass. It's not necessary. You got a sport, yeah. there's, no pun- there's no punches, no punches, and you could do any kind of leg lock? Shit. 
Because if you get really, 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 really deep with leg locks in this format, deep, you don't ever, you don't need to sweep. You don't need to pass. Yeah. You don't need to sweep or pass. You don't need to spend any time sweeping or passing. Because if your game is all about leg locks, you scoop, you, 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 the entries are from the bottom. The entries are from the top, but really mostly from the bottom. So damn, yeah. now there's a sport, yeah. no punches. There's a sport, no punches. You pull guard, pulling guard is, is encouraged. <laughs> you don't get you right, don't get a right. negative. Abu Dhabi, you get a negative. Here, yeah. you don't get shit. It's encouraged. It's so encouraged that when I, yeah. I ref these motherfuckers, I, right before the match, the first few EBIs, the last thing I wanted was fucking wrestling for five fucking minutes. Nobody wants to see that shit. Okay, if you're into yeah. wrestling, I love you, man. I I I, I respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I respect wrestling more than anything. I just don't want to watch it. I just don't want to watch yeah. it. I don't want to watch it. Show me the takedown. I want to see the highlight of the takedown. Oh, right. Show me the takedown, dog. But all that shit before all that, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see oh, it. Man, so, that's so I tell these guys, I go, somebody fucking pull guard. Ready? You ready? Somebody fucking right. ready? Let's go. Boom. Let's fight. I don't want to see no wrestling. Go to Nebraska. They got plenty of that shit. They show that shit on, on fucking cable access and shit. It's everywhere. I don't want to see it. All right. I just, I just want to see the takedowns. But now there's a sport. Boom. Saboni. Leg locks. All leg locks are legal. No wow. Boom. Yep. Now that's where the leg lock revolution exploded. 100%. It exploded. 100%. Dudes were just getting into leg lock. They didn't even know how to pass a guard. They didn't even know how to sweep. Nobody was sweeping and passing. Everybody's yeah. jumping on legs. Everybody's just jumping on legs. Boom. So uh, that's why I created Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Because that's, I, what, I, that's what I wanted oh, to do I gotcha. originally. I wanted to do it originally. All right? So, uh, but that's a long story. The whole Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. I, I got it sanctioned with the Amateur Commission in California. We did a, a couple of uh, um, exhibition matches at amateur MMA shows. It... The rules, it was weird. The, the, it didn't work out in the beginning. So I thought, okay, uh, I can't get my, I wanted combat jujitsu, 16 man tournament, uh, 10 minute regulation, EBIOT, all that. It was hard. The commission was just like, dude, what is all this shit? Okay, we're going to do this combat jujitsu, but you get three two minute fucking, uh, rounds. Okay. They didn't want to hear yeah. that shit. I'm like, three, two minute rounds. Like, what? What is that? Yeah. I'm like, okay. They just did, they were like, what? They just didn't know what the fuck I was trying to present them. Like, yeah. Man, what? With, with strikes, but wait, you can't strike standing. They're like, okay. But because they were so cool and they were friends of mine, they go, okay, this is, we're gonna, this is what we're going to do. You want to do that shit? You're going to do it like this. Three, two minute rounds, boom. And like, that's it. I'm like, I want one, one 10 minute round. They go, no, not one 10 minute. What is that? One 10 minute. What is that? What is this? Pride? They, they, like, they don't, like the commission did me a favor. They were doing me a favor by go, we're doing you a favor. Just do it this way. So we tried it that way. It didn't work out. I, I needed 10 minute regulation yeah. rounds. This is jujitsu, but I wanted strikes. So it was a weird thing. So they weren't, I couldn't get it sanctioned. So then I just did EBI. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do. 60 man tournaments I'm, without the strikes. I'm going to do it everything the way I wanted, but I guess we do without, we, we do without strikes. That's EBI. That's why EBI. Yeah. I didn't even want to do EBI. I want to do combat jujitsu worlds from the get go, but I couldn't yeah. get the rules I wanted uh, sanctioned through the commission. They, they didn't want to do it. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just like, okay, 
I'm just going to just just do jujitsu without the strikes. And then 60-man tournaments, yeah. EBIOT. And then the leg locks flourish, dog. The leg locks flourish. Wow, it's a That makes sense, Oh, my though. God. The leg locks just fucking exploded. And you know what? The Dan Hurd guys were already working on leg locks. They just didn't have a an arena to really um, show Who people care? what the fuck they, they figured right. out with the leg locks because they were really concentrating on it. And um, boom, now there's a sport where, shit, you don't even need to sweep or pass. Right, submissions only. Nobody's ready for it. Nobody was ready. That's amazing. Actually, you were ready. You know what? I didn't even thought about that. I, I, when you were saying submissions only, I was thinking sweeping, passing. But no, this is submissions only. (laughs) Let's go. I love it. Exactly. So, so it it. was. You know what? I, I, you know, I was like, I wanted the strikes in from the get go because I wanted to uh, have a uh, jujitsu sport. Self defense. uh, that was going to be practical yeah, uh, for, for self-defense and for MMA, right? Right. Because what combat jiu-jitsu does, we don't have striking standing. There's no Muay Thai. Do that later. We already get it. Muay Thai is great. I love it. Western. Right. Boxing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah. There's a lot of people that are into the UFC and they just want to see the jiu-jitsu. They don't want to see the striking. They're like, okay, we get it. Striking is yeah. awesome. But two dudes striking for three rounds and they're just like. Yeah, oh, it's a boxing match. match. You should go watch a boxing yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. Mike Tyson, we get it. It's already exists. We're not trying to yeah. take that away. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. all I'm trying to do is create a sport for the people. And the, yeah. there's a small percentage of the UFC fan base that watches the UFC for the jiu-jitsu fighting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see the jiu-jitsu with the strides. We see what really happens on the ground. I get it. We we had kickboxing already. We already had kickboxing through the 70s and the 80s. 100%. It already existed. You you can watch that shit. It still exists. Go watch that shit. I want to see the UFC blew up, not because of the striking. UFC blew up because of the jiu-jitsu. We already had had boxing. We already had kickboxing. Nobody was watching the kickboxing. They had yep. kickboxing all over the fucking place. Yeah, 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 nobody yeah, no, that. Nobody was watching that shit. And then the UFC, the UFC comes and it fucking fried everybody's minds. It's like, you could fight on the ground? Right. You could put guys in choke holds? You could break their arms and their legs? Right. What the fuck is this? That's why it blew up. For all your 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu merchandise, please visit 10thplanetjj.com slash shop. We also got a look into a t-shirt that just dropped. Thank you very much for your support. I want to say about uh, Gordon Ryan's success. Dude, Gordon Ryan is number one in no gi, correct? He has to be. I mean, today. He's number one, right? He fucked everybody up. Well, after that, he beat beat Andre Galvao uh, decisively. I mean, God damn, you know what I mean? And he competed in his tournament. Because I remember when... Dean Lister won the absolute. For some reason, like he 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 didn't get to compete in his weight class that day, the day before. So basically, you're almost fresh. Yeah. So Galvao was fresh. Gordon's fighting all day. And he goes to show the level where Gordon's at. You know. Dude, he won his division and then did the super fight. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. So he's number one, no doubt, no doubt in the world um that dude hasn't trained uh, or competed in, in the gi in fucking forever 
Like that dude don't train in the gi. He's training mm-hmm. no gi all the goddamn time. Maybe he trains in the gi every now and then. When I go to Jean Jacques, I put the gi on every now and then. But uh, back in the day, do you remember there, the, the, the overall consensus with about 99.999% of black belts was to get good at no gi, you had to train in the gi, right? The gi actually made your no gi better. Remember that shit? Yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah. And everybody yeah. thought I was crazy. It was like, uh, no, it, the only reason all the best guys come from the gi is because all the fucking guys come from the gi. Everyone's training the gi. There wasn't any pure no gi associations out there. Unless like, you know, you were at an MMA gym or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. if there was, if there was as many no gi jujitsu, non MMA, just jujitsu gyms as there were gi jujitsu gyms and then you waited 10, 15 years. You're going to see that the best no-gi guys were the guys that were at the pure no-gi schools. Yeah. They thought right. it was crazy for saying that shit. You know, uh, according to that data, that false data from the early 2000s that the gi made your no-gi game better, according to, the, if that was true, Gordon Ryan would be shitty because he barely trains in the gi. He trains in the gi every now and then. You know, so he would be shitty. But No. No, and look at all the other guys. All the other, most of the stars out there, they're no gi guys. And yeah, maybe they train in the gi when, when they got their purple belt or whatever. But I'm talking about, it's like strength and conditioning, right? Strength and conditioning uh, it makes your game better, 100%, right? Correct? Strength and conditioning makes your game better, right? Makes your jujitsu better, correct? Everybody, everybody at the top's yoked. Gordon Ryan yoked as fuck. Strength and conditioning makes your no-gi game better. And they said the gi makes your no-gi game better, right? But if strength and conditioning makes your no-gi game better and you stop doing the strength and conditioning, does it still make your game better? No, you stop doing strength and conditioning. Little by little, over time, you will lose your strength and conditioning, correct? So right. by, stop, by, by, by stopping your strength and conditioning, over time, you're just going to get worse and worse because your strength and conditioning is going to go, it's going to disappear. So yeah. that, that's the same thing with the gi. If the gi makes your no gi game better, if you stop training in the gi, your game, your no gi game should be, get worse as time goes on. Correct? According to, if the gi makes your no gi game better, the more you train in the gi, the better your no gi game is. But the less you train in the gi, the worse your no gi game will be, correct? Is that is that that's common sense, right? Right? And all these guys, all these stars, all these stars, Nikki Rod, all these guys, uh, Lachlan Giles. These maybe Lachlan Giles still trains a lot on the gi, but he does train a lot no gi. He trains a lot no gi. Uh, but what, like, what uh, is John Jocks here? Like like Ethan Krelliston, all those guys on the B team, the Danaher squad, they're not yeah, training. It, what what does John Jock say about that when you guys have this talk? We don't have this talk. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, because John Jock, he did kick everybody's ass at Abu Dhabi, and that's what he's going to see. John, he see John Jock, everybody's hey, fucking John ass Jock's at Abu Dhabi. Though. John Jock's different. John Jock's different. Right? John Jock's because, because the difference between John Jock yes, and right? most is, is it, it this? How he's the overhook, dog. It's the overhook. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He, has no, he has no fingers on his left hand. So in the gi, his left arm was always playing no gi. 
<clears throat> because he couldn't grab yeah. on shit. He can grab on a little bit. He's got a thumb and he can grab. He does a little grabbing, but most of it is the overhook because he had to overhook. But if you have a, a normal hands, you don't need to do the overhook. You just grab the sleeve, grab the fucking collar, <laughs> boom, grab the sleeve. You know what I mean? So you're not developing your overhook game. But 100%. So Jean Jacques' overhook game translated in Nogi. So when he went to Abu Dhabi, surprise, surprise, first guy yeah, in Abu Dhabi to finish everybody in his division. He finished everybody. And everyone was like going, oh my God, how did he do it? He was training Nogi his whole life. His whole life. His left arm. Yeah, no, he's he was training Nogi with. This is a fact. This is a fact right here. This is a fact. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, that you know, so when 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 I'm talking to Jean Jacques about Guy no Guy, it's you know, um, he um, you know, he he's not gonna say that you know, uh, it's because he was training no Guy his whole life. You know, you know, he's he's proud. You know, he loves the Guy. He trains in the Guy. I don't even think he has a, a no Guy class at his school right now. You know, um, but but he teaches his style, and he's got students that train with his style. They're all about the overhook game. So that. If you learn the Jean-Jacques style and you develop the overhook game, your no-gi game is going to be just as ready as his. Right? If you, you trade no-gi like gi, but you might as well just trade no-gi if you're even, doing even that. Marcelo Garcia, even, even Marcelo Garcia. Right? Uh, I mean, he's he's considered, it's like the top two ever, you know, in, in Abu Dhabi. Right? You know, some people say Gordon Ryan. Some people say Marcelo Garcia. Some people say Jean-Jacques Machado. But Marcelo Garcia is always in the, in the, in the conversation for sure. And 100%. Said, and you got and, to roll with them, right? You, I think he moved, I heard he moved to Hawaii. What? Marcelo Garcia moved to Hawaii? I don't know if that's true, but I don't know if he's got a school or what, but I heard he moved to Honolulu. I haven't but I don't know. That. I haven't heard that. No, but but uh Marcelo, he he said, I mean he said plenty of times, uh, that it's a good idea if you're interested in being high level nogi and gi that you use nogi techniques in the gi. Focus on those so that when you go no gi, you're not changing your game that much. You're trying to. John Jock's, trying to that's John Jock's life right there. Yeah, exactly. So Marcelo Garcia says that with people with, you know, that have fingers, you know, it's everybody. Right. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. If you're going to train yeah. in the gi, but you, you really want to get no gi too, uh, good, good at no gi, <clears throat> it's best. You know, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but it's best to train in no gi style in the gi so that when you go no gi you're practicing one style and you're really good at that that was the secret to marcelo garcia's success interesting but it yeah. is hard to go no gi style in the gi because you just exact fucking lee right there it's so hard because it's harder to play the no gi impossible with the gi. Yeah. It's so much easier. Just grab the sleeve, dog. Just grab his fucking pants. You know, it's so much yeah. easier. See, that's the prop. That's the problem. That's why I'm like, don't even fuck with that. That's what my school's leader just bypassed. <laughs> Let's get right to the shit that's going to work no gi. And there's yeah. no, you have no choice. There is not a choice. Like, dude, you want to grab that sleeve? No. You're going to only do no gi shit every day, all day. 24 seven. That's it. You know, that's how we do it. Um, but that's just me. I, I, I'm, I got my black belt in the gi, but I have no, um, the only time I wear a gi is when yeah. uh, I go to Jean Jacques, 
you know, I, you know, out of respect, yeah. show up with the gi, and we're gonna do some little tug of war today. You know, yeah, I love him. Yeah. He's my master. He's the only guy I call my master. And, and the I, best part about him is he can kick our asses. Oh That's my god, he's, about no, no, he's still, still. It's so weird. People don't believe he still owns me. He still, he just, he just. He just, he knows every part of my game. He knows every fucking thing that I want. He knows every move I make. He knows every fucking move. Hey, Hegan, Hegan was a, um, that really changed my life. I went to, the, I forget where, where, where his gym was, but Torrance or where, but we rolled around. He said, come, come, come roll around with me, BJ. I was a purple belt. He was, I mean, the legend. And the way he just, tapped me out 30 times without using his weight or his strength. Then that really changed my game that day. <laughs> what belt were you? Purple. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Hegan, man, yeah, I, I would say he must have been the best grappler walking the earth. He must have been Gordon Ryan at some time, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah he, had, he had that historic match with Hickson. where uh, Right? Was and like he a- was Gordon Ryan. And then after that, he... he Right? Who, who, who's going to kick his ass after that match with Hickson? You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> hey, let's switch gears here now. Now, huh? let's switch gears here. Okay. Why? What made you decide? Explain to me the thought process behind you running for governor of Hawaii. I saw everything uh, start getting closed closing the uh, downtown, closing everything up. They kept closing the businesses. And in Hawaii, you know, we had, you know, the most businesses closed and remained closed. And all, and that that's what it was about. And you could just tell that they were, you know, they were trimming the top and just cutting everything down. And, and I mean, jujitsu people, I mean, us, I mean, it's like this pandemic was made to destroy jujitsu, to never do jujitsu again. Social distance, get away from each other. Yeah, jujitsu is the opposite of social distancing. I always say that. It's you can't get any further away from social distancing than no gi jujitsu because we're literally trying to squeeze our sweaty bodies together that have mixed sweat in the exact same way with a bunch of other people earlier. Yeah. We got all this sweat from everybody in the room and we're your sweat, their sweat, everybody else's sweat. And you're going to finish that role and go do the same thing with another motherfucker. Right. Sweat. And we're squeezing as hard as we can. Like as literally as we can't get any fucking closer. We can't get any further away from social distancing. We couldn't get any further. And yet, Nobody died. What? What's up with that? Nobody died in the jujitsu room. Yeah. Right? What's up with that? Nobody. We should have been wiped. We should have been wiped the fuck out. Oh, dude, right? dude I would, dude, if it was real, I would have closed my school. And like, dude, I got to get back into fucking DJ and the strip clubs or something. I got to find another job. You know what I mean? I, if people were dying all around me from jujitsu, dude, I would have quit. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I, I get it. It's real. It's real. Motherfuckers, dude. We cannot do jujitsu no more. Jujitsu is like some shit we used to do. That's some, that's in the past now, dog. We gotta start new life. That's lives. right up there with drinking and driving now, dude. That's I would right fucking, there. dude. I would, 
I would never do jujitsu if it was real. But you know what? We kept doing jujitsu all the way through all the bullshit from the lockdown day one, doing jujitsu yeah. just like any other day. 150 schools worldwide, not one fucking death. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And the homeless motherfuckers, is. I'm in downtown LA. We got homeless motherfuckers everywhere. God damn. Homeless everywhere. Not a dent. We didn't do a dent to them. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. They, no, they, that's what the I homeless should have been wiped noticed. the fuck out. There should have been that's no because they don't have the mask. They don't have the, the gloves. They have the worst immune system. They're out of the yep. trash. They they're eat like out of the shit. Yep, and they're all perfect. Well, it's, and, it, and it's it's that thing, right? We're, we're not homo sapiens. We're bacteria sapiens. And all that bacteria and, you know, sour poi and all fermented foods. It was a, it was a complete fucking psyop. That's all it was. That's all it was. There's like explain to me why you know I even asked Dr. Peter McCulloch and God bless his soul. He's doing so much great work in uh, informing uh, the world, um, you know, through his expertise in the medical field that the the jabs are fucking dangerous you know and right um you know he's doing a great job him and dr malone they're out there just saying fuck don't 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 take the jab i love that shit but the one thing i'm uncomfortable with is that they say that this is real like COVID is like it's or it's not just the flu i think it's just the flu because if it was some real shit why didn't nobody fucking die in jujitsu? Not only in my association, but yeah. in jujitsu worldwide. No, nobody died in the UFC. That's what nobody you died hear. in the NFL. Nobody died in the NBA. Nobody died in Major League Baseball. Nobody, nobody died in fucking died hockey. Nobody fucking died. The only people that are dying in sports are people that got the jab and they're getting heart attacks. Those are the only motherfuckers that died. But of COVID, of a, the fucking sniffles or the flu, nobody died. When Nick Chubb, I'm a big Browns fan. I like being distracted. I like being distracted. I need to be distracted. I'm into football, dog. I'm into it. I li- I want to be distracted. I can't take it all day. You know, I'm on top of shit all day, but uh, I watch football. And when Nick Chubb got COVID, nobody went to their parent, his parents' house. Like, is he gonna make it? it? Was our prayers for Nick Chubb? Nobody. Everybody's like, damn, he ain't playing this week. Fuck. Is he going to be back next week? Shit. And he's being interviewed. He's like, I feel fine, but I guess, you know, to be safe, to save lives, I'm not going to play this week. Like, no one, no, no one ever thought he was going to die. No one, and, and we're crushing the economy. And we're crushing the economy. We're closing. We're strategically yeah. destroying small businesses. They didn't fuck with no, no, no fast food. They didn't fuck. They could have easily closed fast food. All they did is they put out a tweet, some announcement. They said, guess what? Restaurants are closed Monday. A movie theater yeah. closed Monday. And fucking bars are closed. They let that was like, that's it. They said restaurant, bars, fucking gyms, boom, closed. They could have easily put McDonald's motherfucking clothes, Jack in a Box motherfucking clothes, Carl's Jr. motherfucking clothes. They could have easily did that, and those motherfucking businesses would have been closed. But no, they kept. They can McDonald's over. Imagine the money, right? Transfer. They didn't even think about. They didn't even mention that shit. But they closed gyms down, but not McDonald's. You're gonna close a gym, but not McDonald's. That's fucking insane. That people bought. (laughs) They bought it. 
It was so clear that it was bullshit. It was all weaker. Remember at first, everybody was going to die? Everybody was going to die. And then the the first clump of data came in and go, oh, it's just old people that are already fucked up with diabetes and cancer. Average age, 81. Then they're like, damn, okay. Oh, but you don't care about old people? You don't care about old people? It's like, oh, now it's about old people. I thought it was about everybody. Now it's about, now you care about old people. How come you didn't care about old people two years ago? You don't care about yeah. you guys. You guys don't care about old. Like, when does the fucking government care so much about old? You know, <laughs> you know how much you got to care about old people to fucking destroy the world. Oh, dude, it's a, it's worth it, dude. You got to fucking. It's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> Crazy, right? So it's, you see, you're I in Hawaii. You you you're in Hawaii. Yeah. You see all the bullshit. Yep. And you say, fuck, dog, I'm going to fucking, I, I'm going to try to save this goddamn. Uh, no, no, you know what happened? State, was, right? No, I was, I didn't want to do anything. And I was, I just freshly retired. I was hanging out. I, I saw what was going on and I was like, I never wanted to get involved with any of that. And I knew, you know, you, you get involved with politics, you spend your whole life campaigning. And, I never, I never really wanted to, but I was talking to my, one of my friends and he was a congressman, federal congressman, because he was behind the bill to make everybody take the vaccine to get off the, to be able to leave the island or come in. And I, I called him, I said, hey, what are you doing? This is going to split everybody in half. You know, half of my family took it, half of us didn't, this and that. What are you doing, man? And he goes, and he goes, I, I go, what's going to happen if this passes? And he goes, you're just going to have to listen. Those words right there. I thought about, I go, I go, I go no, you're going to have to listen to me. Tell everybody the truth about you on the, uh, on the internet. And I, and I go, I go, I go, act like King Kamehameha. Act like George Washington. Act like somebody fighting for us. You know, he freaking. And then from that, I just, you know, I, I went to sleep that night. I was just like, man can't stand this bullshit woke up the next day i said fuck it I, no you know what happened I, I go act like somebody act like somebody was fighting for us my brother comes in on the comes in on the side whispers, whispers in my ear he goes this guy never fought in his life <laughs> and then just from that and then i'm just like nah freak this i'm gonna freaking do this or uh, this is just some we, we we knew this guy forever we grew up with this guy we thought you know we'll do you think you have somebody to talk to, you know, in there? But every, it's easy, and you see why they become political entrepreneurs. Just to even, even right now, a guy could say, I'm going to run and I'm going to um, push the mask. And you're like, what? Why? So those guys back me up so I can get some money. You know, that's what all this is all about. But I never paid attention to any of this stuff until this time. And, and now, I mean, looking back, I learned so much. It was just crazy how much I learned from everything, from the housing to the, to the freaking everything, the, the education to the whole, the homeless, you know, through all of that stuff. But going through the whole thing, one thing I didn't know or expect because I had a really, really hard time doing this, I mean, finishing up and retiring and moving on, that I was stuck in the identity of being a fighter my whole life. 
I didn't expect this to change that, but this, this, I, you know, I, 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 I moved on. I moved on now. I, I really, it was the hardest thing, Eddie. I was getting in trouble. You know, I was already in, um, well, me and my, uh, my, my kids' mother separated before that, but I was already, you know, kind of going through a lot of things. And then to add on changing my whole identity with, with uh, walking away from the fighting, you know, I just thought that would never end. I, I'll be right now trying to call Ryzen. Come on, get me a fight right now. Let's go. Come on. You know, and <laughs> doing this whole thing, it, 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 it completely finished it. I don't even think about it. I don't train enough now. I just haven't trained for the last year. I keep trying, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's wrong. But it really helped me in that sense. And I remember the other day, somebody came up to me and was like talking to me and was trying to get a reaction from my daughter and from me. And, my, and, when we, and I was just being the politician, you know, just coming every, I wasn't being the fighter. Like, Hey, why don't we go on the road and talk about it? You know, I was just being, I was just being the, Hey, you're talking to a child and this and that. And then we jump in the car and then my daughter goes, you know, she was recording that whole thing now. And I'm like, thank God I'm not a fighter anymore. <laughs> you know, that would have been everywhere. But this thing, it was so helpful. Changed my reputation around town. Uh, meeting people, going around, and I'm not like, oh, there's the infamous BJ Penn. Be careful, everybody. Everything's fine till it's not when he's here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it really turned everything around, and and uh, I'm happy I did it, you know? I mean, running through the whole thing, I mean, I wish we had Real News 1. Why do wish we had Real News? And if we don't have... And if, if, our, if our news isn't real, I mean, imagine our history, how bad that is. After this pandemic, you got to question everything. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing. You wonder if anyone, I mean, how, how you have no way to, to like the, the day of the election, you know, you wake up, you, the day, if it's a fight, you wake up, you're like, okay, am I going to step up? Am I going to? Am I going to step up and be a man today? I'm going to be, I'm going to be a pussy. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to be scared about everything. Worried about, or I'm going to go and do this. But the day of the election, you can't do nothing. You know, you, there's just like nothing's in your hands, but it makes me want <laughs> think. It makes me think, you know. That's, um, that's crazy, man. Right? You're just yeah. like, and we worked for a year, but you know what? When it all came to that time, no matter what, I know I turned over every stone. Because just like when you're in a fight camp and, and I was motivated and doing it, so I know I turned over every stone. I did everything. But, uh, yeah, I just... Were you, were you running as a Republican? I was running as a Republican in a Democrat state. But the Democrat Party owns a Republican Party over here. Any Republican here that's in office is because they didn't put a Democrat to run against them. And they own all of these guys. So they got together with the Republican Party. They were going to try to make me build up, build up the Republican Party, push it out to the new kids. Then they were going to try to, um, but they didn't want to, they didn't want me to be in the Republican Party because they want to keep the power. Even though they have none, they'll never get in. They'll never do anything. 
but they didn't. But as soon as I went in, because who runs the Republican Party in Hawaii is the women. It's called the Republican Women's League. And they're the most powerful ones. And one of them was even the governor. Her name is Linda Lingo. They got a lot of powerful ones. And they knew not to trust me when it comes to any of them because I'm here to not fuck around. Now, I wasn't doing this. You know, you know what I, so I never had any ideas like, oh, I, I want to um, run for governor and help everybody. Because I did think at one time, oh, maybe I want to be senator, you know, and I could get a paycheck and a, and a good job and, and, ha- and have a job. So I never did ever think about this whole thing. But once I got into it and I found myself down that path, like, hey, hey, I'm here to freaking, I, I don't care. Why, I won't even take a salary. I won't do this. I won't do that. You know, I, I, I'm, here to, I'm here to help. But looking back, I'm, I'm like, I'm like well, after I got so deep in that, I was like, this, this, this guy, like this, this transformed guy, just here to make everything good. But looking back, it does make me wonder because, like, my whole time in the UFC and stuff, you know, I, I really didn't take PEDs. I really didn't do steroids and stuff. And it made me look back like it was that kind of honor or something to go back and do a job like this. Where it's just all about honor. It's just all about, you know what I mean? Doing what's right. Because how is it going to start? Somebody's going to come up to me and somebody's going to go, hey, okay, let's do this. Come, it ain't a big thing, BJ. It's just a small little thing. Let's just go. And that's how they start talking to you into whatever they're talking you into, right? But looking, looking back at the thing, like I said, I never thought I would, I would you know, be this guy to come out and say, no, this is right and that is right. But you know, makes me look back and think, hey, maybe that's why I never did get involved. You know, because I always felt that that doing that, because I, I would love to be fighting right now. You know, I would love to fucking just go right now and take whatever I could take and get inside there right now. I would fucking love it. I would love the attention. I would love the money. I would love kicking somebody's ass. But it's stealing. It's stealing from the other guy who didn't. And I always felt like that. It was always deep in my heart. You know what I mean? It was taking from the guy. You're taking from his children. You're taking his children's food out of, their, out of his mouth, out of their mouths. And I always felt that way. And you know, makes me wonder later. You know, just how I got into this, this whole thing, and how I'm like, you know, trying to champion the right cause and all these things. You know, but you know, I look yeah, they're like afraid it. of you because you're real, man. They know you're you you're uh, you can't be bought. They know that shit. That's why they're afraid of you. They can't own you. And uh, it, it, you're legit for the people, and you're only doing this for the people. Um, did, did, um, did Trump ever get a, 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 try to contact you and I, try to support I did you? Talk to, I did talk to Junior a couple of times, but I think we're just, I thought when I would have got out of the primary, well, I did talk to Junior like right before the primary about getting an endorsement from them. And then he would all, we were, we were talking back and forth, but the, we, we lost, man, that we, we, we should have got through the primary. Man, I, I was more famous and popular here than I ever was in my life as a champion of the UFC or anything. Because you're just nonstop campaigning, getting your name out there, signs on TV or whatever it is, you know. Ten times, I walked down the road. Every single person, BJ, governor, you know. Did uh, did um, do you think they rigged it? Well, the guy running for office now, Josh Green. 
when he was a senator, he's running for governor now. When he was a senator, he's the one who introduced the all mail in voting. So you think you know. that was um you know well shitty, if you look at going on? You, you look at you look at all of the years that I, there was this graph and it has all from like twenty or two thousand nine or whatever, and it's showing Oh, I think before 2009, it's showing the graph of like the president primary and the governor primary. The governor primary is always higher and mail-in voting is always more. But on this mail-in voting, they said nobody voted on the mail-in voting on this one. That's, and it's lower. You see it always the governor race is higher than the president race in the primary. And then now it's down here like this. It's always like this, but now it's down here like this. And then you look at it and think, oh, well, the primary... Was was big because of, of of Trump. The Trump is why the by the why the Republican primary is big. But in twenty twenty, Trump didn't run in the Republican primary. He was already the president. He didn't have to run in the primary. So it's just strange, you know what I mean? Like, but a lot of people no, said so they got their ballots sent back. Whatever. If you if you would have won, what would what was uh, the the top three things that you were gonna do? What were, the, what were the, the things that needed to be done right away? The well, number- of course, never going to shut the place down again. Go right inside. Change. You know what it was as governor? In this one, as governor in this one part, as governor in this, in this one party state, as governor in this one party state, I knew I couldn't do anything with the legislature. I know I kind of make they're going to make all the laws they're going to control everything but what I knew is I control of all of these departments and they knew that I knew that I go inside all of these departments and remove the remove the the communists they got on top the fascists or whoever they got on top of each department that the the department of health we walk in we pull them out the department of education we walk in we walk in, that one we would have to do a little bit more. You got to switch them, their, their heads. You got to put like three at a time and keep going until you can kick out the top guy. But all the wow. other departments, the Department of Hawaiian Homes would take out that guy. And the, the Department of Land and Natural Resources. And all these people that are doing all these things to hold us back. You know, so didn't matter if, if the legislature, if the, the Democrat legislature said, we're going to master children. It didn't matter. That's why they didn't want me to get in because I'll go to the Department of Health and say, and change the and the guy at the top. He's not gonna. He's gonna follow the Constitution. You know what I mean? And that's that's what it, that's what it's about. That's what the whole thing. The governor has the ability to control all of these departments. These departments are the hitmen. If we say, hey, put a big sign on the front that you don't need a mask or a vaccine passport to to work out here in this gym, they're, they're gonna say. Corporate's gonna tell me, BJ. Then the Department of Department of Health will come down, and then we'll have a big problem because the department and that's those were the guys that we were gonna take care of, you know, all those nice. departments. Damn, that would have been sweet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of zombies out there, man. It's it's hard for people to see what's really going on. There's still, I mean, you you would think that most, if not all old people would be the fucking smartest 
people around. You just, you needed to find an old guy and get to, to some advice, you know? Uh, but mm-hmm. you would think eventually they would figure it out that they were being lied to, you know, eventually, like in the 60s or in the 70s or in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. You haven't figured it out yet, but still we have so many old people that are retarded, man. They, no, they, they, they don't know that there's fake news. They don't know any of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you almost wonder, like, when you see certain things on the news, if we're just looking at it wrong, when we see... It's almost like that one with the with the Roddy Roddy Piper. They live because when 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 we see a cage full of children at the border and they're saying, "Look at all these children! They're all stuck in this cage over here at the border." What they're really saying is, "Look, the market's back wide open, everybody! Look at all the children we got sitting over here. None of them have ID numbers. Nobody knows about any of these kids, you know. And we're looking, you know, it's just like." advertising it right there for all of the sick people you know what i mean i I never looked at it like that i never looked at it like that that's fucking crazy man that's what's going on that kind of stuff you know yeah and they know what they're looking at and we're like oh what is this you know and these guys who are tuned into this stuff you know yeah free commercial Right, all of that stuff. All the all the pedophiles, all the sick people know. Look, thousands of kids without ID numbers entering the border. Insane, you know. In fucking yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, it it was common sense to have a, a secure border. It's always been common sense. You see, there's plenty of footage of Obama and the Clintons talking about. Oh, we need to secure our borders. We need, oh, it's very important. We need to secure our borders. Oh, it's very important. It's common sense. Yeah, you need to secure your borders. Everybody agrees with that. So they, they got the money and they passed the bills for the border, but they just steal all the money because they never, because, you know, there's a documentary called The Fence. It was done in the, it, it, it was about, a, the, a, they passed the bill to, uh, finish the wall or build the wall in the 2000s. They, they already did that. They already, funded the wall they just don't finish it because they run out of money because they steal it so um it's a it's called the fence man watch you trip out but so they all talk about it like oh oh yeah we got to build a wall give us money build a wall then they steal the money uh but trump comes along and he's like yeah i'm gonna actually build this motherfucker and they're like no you're not you're not supposed to actually build it you was just supposed to pretend like we're gonna build it because we pretend common sense you know, uh, but we're not supposed to build it. And then once they found out he was actually going to build it, then they demonized it and made it racist. So, and, and people still can't see that shit. It's so obvious. Like, yeah, we want uh, people like legit families, women with their kids. Yes, we do want them. I will take them in. Boom. We take them in. Boom. Yes. But we got to vet them. We just can't have anybody just walking through. It's retarded. That's super retarded. So it's just common sense. A secure border is common sense. But when Trump wants to build it, oh shit, it's racist. That's that's what's going on. People, <laughs> the main the, the the mainstream media is just um, the ultimate weapon, man. They're so powerful. They get they get they create zombies all over the place. Like we got we still got people out there with masks. You still see people out there with. Are they wearing masks at all in Hawaii at all? You see every now and then. Um, getting less and less. Yeah, but every now and then, right? And but there still is people wearing masks around. But that's what they didn't want, right? They didn't. They didn't want us 
to get everybody start losing their mask and they got to keep buying them because eventually they're not if and they got to start force because you got they don't want the people to forget about the mask right yeah yeah but, you know but that's got to be how you know if, if there is a covid they want us all arguing and fighting over the mask because you get it some other way that's how sick these people are. Well, you, they get it like this, but let them all fight and argue over the mask. You know, you don't get it breathing it in. You drink it or whatever, you know. But it just makes you, you know, it's funny. The masks, the masks are perfect for the the deep state because it, it, it shows the mask can... It instantly shows them how strong the propaganda is. They go, damn, if they go out, yeah. dude, it's working great. I was just at the mall. Everybody had masks. It's working perfectly. They they can see, you know what I mean? With, with, the, with the AIDS shit that they did, it was hard to see. The only way they could tell was just based on uh, Trojan stock and, and Trojan sales. You know what I mean? You really couldn't tell because you didn't. I mean, people weren't walking around with their dicks out with condoms on. So you really couldn't tell how strong it was, the propaganda. Everybody had a condom in their goddamn wallet, though. That's for goddamn sure I did. Everybody had a condom. In the 80s, shit. We right? Right. <laughs> That was some powerful uh, shit. That was like dick, dick masks. You know what I mean? That's all the, the, those were. But with the, but with the face masks, shit, they really get to see how powerful it is, man. I've been right? so proud of themselves, like walking through the mall and going to grocery stores and everybody uh, with masks walking down the street. They're like, wow, we're so fucking powerful. Man, right? Because they, they must... They... They must see some people walking past in the mask, and the guys who are doing this, they'll look at their kids and say, look at these people. This is why we should rule this place. Look how, look at this guy's wearing, look how stupid they're wearing the mask. Exactly, exactly. You know? So uh, what is, um, can you turn your phone sideways again? Because yeah. it, it looks better on, uh, for production. Yeah, yes, yes, go. yes. I'm, Thank you, I appreciate sorry. that. Okay. So, so, are there um, any follow-up plans for you politically? You know, I was looking at it, and uh, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how anybody ever got in. So I, you know what I'm going to do? You know what? I, you know, a lot of people are asking me to, um, to run for mayor or whatever, but you know what? We got to... I'm going to run for the Hawaii Republican Party state chair. It's going to be an in-house election. And these guys, they, you know, we, we got to throw these guys out. And, and then we can just be, then we can just tee off on the other side. And, and, and like anything, you don't want 100% Republicans. You want that, you want these, you want these different minds in there battling every day while we sleep, Right. You know, and, you know, there's, I was thinking about so many things about, you know, after we, we didn't get in, I'm like, so what now, what are we going to do next? You know, how are we going to, how are we going to keep fighting these people? And, uh, um, you know, I, you know, everything from thinking about nonprofit foundations to, you know, get donations or funding to, you know, send people down to fight these bills every day at the Capitol and different things like this. And, uh, you know, but as of now, that's my next move. I'm going to go and run for the Hawaii Republican state chair. Are there, any, is there anybody 
in Hawaiian politics that is legit fighting for the people or in your opinion is it a hunt have you found anybody that you could work with like any kind of connections guys that are kind of in politics and, and is there anybody the the um the there's plenty there is all of the new people who came in anybody old is with the establishment and they're all just former democrats that went over to this side but of course it's not democrats and republicans we all know it's Patriots and traitors. We we know it doesn't matter what the party is, you know. Yes, that's why the and it's just you know it's so. But one thing, I mean, even though it's terrible, I mean, there no, it's going to be over. Josh Green is going to get in for governor. We're all screwed, Josh Green. And then you just got to look at him and say, "Hey, you're living right now with Biden as president. Relax. We don't have to rush." Don't panic. Don't rush. Don't panic. It's a war. Act like you've been in one before. Come on. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. We're not here. You know, don't fall apart because the guy that the Republicans put in to run against the the the, the worst guy, basically our Joe Biden, basically they put in Mitt Romney to go against Joe Biden, basically over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's totally. Mitt Romney versus Joe Biden right yeah, now. Same team. Yeah, same freaking thing. But 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 Mitt Romney has no chance to win. But the but the but the but the, but the, the Republicans in Hawaii, because I started questioning some of our own our, our lieutenant governor who was uh with with the establishment guy that they brought in to um he signed up on the last day with no money and and then he smokes everybody, all of us. But um, he, but man, it's just, yeah, it's a lot to swallow the whole thing, man. So there's, <laughs> so basically uh, Hawaiian government is fully infested. It's all melon ballot. Now, I, I mean, imagine buying alcohol and guns, no ID. I mean, that's how we all want it to be, but. <laughs> but at least, you know, but but you gotta have an ID for for the fucking voting. That's out yes. of control. Yeah, to not Common see sense. the guy voting. Voter ID. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, right. I, I, but I, as I, soon as you go, even if you do the paper ballot, as soon as you got the paper ballot, fill it out, then you shove it in the other machine. You're yeah. like, fuck! I just lost everything shoving in that machine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean the whole thing, the whole thing, but. But I, I want to, it's not, it's not going to be easy. And then the, the Republicans, the, the ladies sitting there are like, some of their crew was already saying that, oh, BJ thinks he's going to waltz right in there and do that. Well, hey, one thing for sure, though, it's, it's, not a, it's not an election to the Office of Elections. It's a regular election, you know? Hmm. So, I mean. Beautiful, it's beautiful that you're still fighting, man. I love it. I love right, it. and this is our new angle where we come in, you know. Hell yeah, man! You got everybody's like, "Where are you, BJ?" I'm like, "I'm thinking, man. Right? Where are you? I'm thinking about how to pass the fucking guard." <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass that guard, dog. <laughs> once you pass, and then you mount. Damn. It, yeah. And jujitsu really, like how we said, like pass, mount, choke, armbar, you know, and. It really helped as 
just being, well, being in the MMA, because they're like talking to me, I'm like, this is all about putting together teams. That's all we've ever done was put together teams. The, 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 the debates are silly because when they ask you any question, you're just, the real truth is you would say, I'm going to find the best guy for that. I'm going to find him. You know what I mean? The, hey, what do you do about the homeless, DJ? Why are you asking me? Why don't we go support the fucking lady who's been doing it for 50 fucking years? Right here. You know, it's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Fuck. All those years they had to put their people into place. I mean, who knows how long it's been going on, but what we know for sure is like, uh, you know, George Sr., you know, like while he's president, oh my God, all the people they got in. And then Bill Clinton's president for eight years. And they just had so much time to put all their people in. And then after Bill Clinton, George W., he's in for eight years. All the people and how deep they got all their people in. And that's eight years of George W. And then Obama, we thought he was a different team. Turns out he's on the same team. That's another another eight years. Another eight years. How deep is the swamp? dude holy i couldn't and you can't why? it's right from the every single department the the supreme court the, it's crazy what these All, guys they've they've they're not stupid dude they literally had at least this probably goes back i mean like you know lyndon b johnson and shit like he was fucking he it, it, I don't know. Lyndon B. Johnson seemed like he's deep state as fuck. I don't know. It, it, and then George, Gerald Ford was, uh, he was on the Warren Commission. They only put fucking demons yeah. in the Warren Commission. Yeah. And then Carter, I don't know too much about Carter. It, and then Reagan seemed like he was good in the beginning. They tried to assassinate him. Right, right. Five, and right. Then, he, then he was it, playing ball after. And it's all a setup. That the, the second they started attacking us from our jobs and our, and, and our, um, and our masks and the medical freedoms, they knew 20 years ago, once we started complaining about that, they're going to say, oh, yeah, fuck you, abortion. Throw abortion in the fucking middle. Yeah, they got abortions. Get rid of, give the power back to the states in the 2020 election because these guys are crying about medical freedom. So let's let the women cry about medical freedom to battle it. Yeah. You know, these yeah abortion's a good one these guys are smart powerful everybody like dude they got they got people screaming for abortion they got people willing to if they're they're for abortions you know every move they do it was genius the move they put the guy that they put in duke iona big enough name so they could they could do whatever they want i mean i don't got no proof on anything but big enough name where they could do whatever they want and and his whole goal now is to to just split the whole thing down. And I tell these guys, they go, the whole thing about Duke Iona versus Josh Green is that we don't get separated because on November 9th, when Josh Green gets in, which we all know he is, but you guys can support Duke and do everything he can, on November 9th, we're all going to be on the same side again. So remember that because people start panicking. and run. Oh, no, I got to go. DJ, why aren't you supporting Duke? This doesn't matter because he's here to lose. No, you come on, you gotta help him win. Do everything you can with your social media, everything. I'm not gonna Ooh. do everything I can with everything that I got punched in the face for to help this guy. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you're a fucking politician, dog. You're like, oh, this is like, you're involved in saving the world. You're involved in saving the fucking world. When they write a real hist- a, a real world history book, damn, that Hawaii fucking UFC <laughs> chapter. That's going to be you, dog. You're out there. You're trying to, dude, you're running for office, really. You're, uh, uh, the one thing about you, BJ, is we know you'll never be compromised. You'll never, you, you're, they can't buy you. They can't control you. That's why they're shutting you out. I mean, that, that's, that's as real as fuck. Now, once you get in, you keep trying, you get in, damn, people are going to know BJ is fucking down for the people. Right. 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 Yeah. You can't be bought, man. There's no way you can be bought, man. Not BJ Penn, dude. There's no way. No way, man. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying that I was planning on doing something like this for my whole life, but man, hey, more that, but we always do that, right? You break you're your trying, word. You're, you're doing your part. You. You're doing your part in trying to save the world, man. You're not just sitting there with a fucking thumb up your ass. You are doing what you can to save the world. You know, um, uh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. I fucking look up to you, dude. You, you, I always looked up to you from, from jujitsu when I heard you were going to do MMA, when you got into the UFC and you fucking crushed Carl Uno, I was jumping up and down like a little girl, man. I've always been your biggest fan. I remember I wrote this one thread and I got torched for it too on, on the underground back before social media, when everybody was on message boards, the underground was the shit. Um, yeah, remember that shit. I remember it, I wrote a thread. BJ, BJ so Penn, BJ Penn, the living legend. That was the thread. Boom, and I fucking listed why you were the living legend. You know, you were you were a bad motherfucker, dude. You know, going up in weight. You were the you were the first one going up in weight. Didn't give a fuck. You fought Leota Machida at at like heavyweight and shit, and you fought at one seventy. You went you went after you went up in weight to fight the most feared fighter out there. Matt Hughes, a wrestling destroyer. You went up in weight to fight that dude, and you beat him, dude. You choked him out. That was fucking epic as fuck. Um, you had that crazy fight with um, uh, who? Who was that guy? Uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't Genki Sudo, but that who was that Japanese guy? Oh, Gomi, 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 Gomi. Two days ago, a bloody mess. Was it last night or two days ago? It was night. Yeah, I saw it on MMA History Today. Nineteen years ago. I fought Gomi, and that was two days ago. Dude, yeah, yeah. You left him a bloody... Can you find a BJ Penn and Gomi, G-O-M-I? I just want to get a shot of that blood in that one. And then, man, you had so many epic fights, man. So many battles, man. Even the ones you lost were fucking classics, man. You, had, you, were, you were always down to throw down. You were always down. You never backed down from any fight, man. And um, it's, um, yeah. is this, is this it? Is this going? That's it. Yeah, let's watch that. Let's watch Just let that run out there. Oh, DJ Penn. This guy's a superstar. Oh, you were going for that knee bar right there, weren't you? <laughs> or, well, I didn't know the knee bar, but that's all to break the guy down from standing up. When he tried to stand up, when I was on his back. Oh, shit. Look how fucked up he is. Oh, this is awesome. This shot right here. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Is he going to tap? He's going to sleep. Tap. 
Rumble on the rock, dog. DJ almost knocked out a second guy. Dude, how hard did you party that night? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened after that? Oh man! You're on top of the world in Hawaii in a cage. Oh man, beating Gomi like that, huge. Very very impressive win against a guy who was ranked number two. That was that was good times. Isn't it great? Well, that. It just reminds me of all that whole thing. And because me and Nate were talking about it and just different things. I mean, you're, of course, the motivation or the enthusiasm, but yeah, yeah, I guess your energy. What is it, man? That's what we were talking about. We were talking about, um, you know, I was just asking about, because a a guy like Tony Ferguson, I, I fucking, I love watching Tony Ferguson. You know what I mean? Freaking. Hey, fun. Oh yeah, you guys have a I lot think. in common, man. You guys have a lot in common. Tony Ferguson's always down to get down. He hadn't turned down shit, dude. When he was training for Khabib and Khabib during the pandemic, yeah, that, got stuck in Russia. Remember, he got stuck hey, in Russia. Isn't that terrible. What happened? Just yeah, with his we, whole yeah. You know, that, but, that, but don't be. But we can't be sad about life. We just gotta keep going. Yeah, he, he, no, there's no way you can take away that legendary status that Tony Ferguson has cemented. In the history <laughs> it was amazing, of the man. Dude, Tony Ferguson. I mean, they're gonna make doc. They're, there's gonna be documentaries and shit about that motherfucker. <laughs> um, now uh, that we were training for Khabib. And then Khabib got stuck in Russia during the pandemic. So like two weeks before the fight or two or three weeks, I forget what it was, but it was short notice. Um, Tony calls me up and says, hey, dude, they want to give me Justin Gagey. I wasn't, I was like, man, we were training for someone that was going to grapple, you know, this whole time. And now they switch it up up against Justin. And this dude, you know, he doesn't want to take anybody down. He wants to stand and bang. So... Um, I, I was like, like a little concerned about that, taking that fight, but Tony didn't give a fuck. Tony's like, I don't give a shit. Let's do this. Tony just wanted to fucking fight. Right. He don't don't give a shit, dude. He just wanted to fight. I was like, damn, maybe, you know, let's train for him a little little bit more. Or maybe, uh, you know, uh, let's just fuck it. Let's just wait for Khabib and not, you know, take a chance. You know what I mean? That that was another option as well. But Tony said, fuck that. Tony yes, was yeah, to, yeah. He was like, let's throw down, dog. He's always ready to throw down, you know? Yeah, yeah. Man. BJ, was... BJ, um, I'm going to let you go now. Okay. We're going to do this again. Next time we'll talk, we'll, we'll get into uh, uh, space and shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, nothing but love and respect an honor to you and it's an honor for me to have you on this show and um uh you're doing god's work man you know i i gotta admit when i first heard you were running for governor i didn't know what to think i was like what what's going on and, but I, but understanding your story and your thought process behind it, i'm like damn damn I, it made me feel like maybe i do i ain't doing enough maybe i need to run for governor <laughs> dude that would be a joke if i ran for governor though <laughs> that'd be awesome man they could, 
Will you don't vote for this former strip club DJ? <laughs> they bring all that shit up. They bring up all these old. Hey, I was hey, I was worried when I was I was like, man, what are these guys going to be able to pull out here? You know, when I when I was running for the thing, and I was just like, but yeah, we got thick skin, right? We've been in this. Hell We've been yeah, man. Hey, you're doing you're doing great work. You're doing God's work, man. You're for the people. You're um. Man, I, I I respect the shit out of you, BJ Penn. Um, anything you wanna, any anything you want to uh, promote? Um, maybe a I, website yeah, I or something. I just wanna say I thank you and I and I respect you and just say great to know you. I've known you for over twenty years, been involved with the jujitsu and stuff. And thank you for having me on it. It means a lot. Thank you for considering me. Thank you, BJ Penn. I'll talk to you soon. The Jiu-Jitsu Dojo is the ultimate training ground for life. Jiu-Jitsu will accelerate the evolution of your being, your consciousness, your soul. Through this amazing art, you will prove to yourself that you can master anything you set your mind to. Bravo. I leave for Brazil tomorrow. Are you the fear factor guy? I'm uh, like six pounds over. Time to sweat it out. Just imagine someone that has no idea how different your game is. I'll tell you what this weekend was, man. It was a culmination point where all your hard work comes to like one great moment in time. You showed that you're a fucking champion. Guy who goes against convention. You created your own shit and figured interesting ways to get around problems in jujitsu. And shows you that great things are possible if you work hard, if you dedicate yourself, and you use your creativity, and you push through. Your own human potential just goes up. My 10th Planet Association has grown rapidly to over 70 academies worldwide, and their curriculums are all synced to 10th Planet headquarters located in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Eddie Bravo. I hope to see you on the mats. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake. 